Here we go again. It is Eurobash episode 72. 72. 72. 72. That is wild. Wow. It's happening and it's happening quickly. Join the fastest growing podcast, The Mixed Martial Arts. We just made that up there, actually. Like the the Eurobash Audio movement. broccoli. <laughs> audio broccoli. <laughs> this Better season of audio. <laughs> Look, um, a big weekend, The Mixed Martial Arts again. Um, and a bigger one just coming. We have Cage Warriors. Um, in Manchester, the first time ever, with Jack Cartwright on the top of that card. A lot of Irish talent as well this weekend. And of course, Israel Adesanya versus Yoel Romero. Um, big weekend ahead. A lot of news, Noel. How are you getting on? I'm good, man. Yeah, I'm not too bad. Um, busy week, as you said. Busier week ahead. Fun times in the world of mixed martial arts, my friends. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, man. And we're coming up on a huge uh, week, obviously, uh, March 20th, 21st, uh, this weekend. This, this month for... European mixed martial arts is going to be huge with Cage Warriors London, UFC London, and KSW 53 all happening within two days of each other. That is wild. That is going to be some fucking weekend. It's great. It's it cool. is. I tell you what, we're in a lot better place than we were this time last year in terms of Irish mixed martial arts, definitely. Anyway, with all the big shows coming back into town, it's it's fantastic. What a time to be alive. Yeah, I wonder how many uh, Euro bashes are going to be completely dedicated to people just getting on here and calling for their shot on a uh, UFC, UFC Dublin. Dublin. Because last week's episode, if we featured heavily, and on this week's episode, it will feature quite heavily oh, we, as well. We've lots of little chunks and nuggets as well of information, don't we, Pete? Oh my God, it is a it's a jam packed episode. We're going to hear from Paul Felder, from Joseph Duffy, Noel with the two. Savage interviews huh. this month, um, this week, sorry. And of course, I'll be talking to Bantamweight Cage Warriors champion Jack Cartwright, a lad who I am terrified of, and I'm glad I got to speak to. And Chris Fields, who might have a bit of a bomb to drop there Ooh, later on. El Storco Blanco returns. <laughs> I want to actually go by El Storco Blanco. I asked him. <laughs> will he, will he won't embrace it like this Housewives choice. What the fuck the is hell? that all about? Yeah, I mean, stay with the killing. Or the Housewives choice is pretty funny, though. <laughs> Because that just happened one day. I was like, that's his name now. Yeah. Fair enough. Was that out of the Obama card or something? It was. It? I think it was the, the... That one actually was supposed to be on. Oh, was it? Yeah. The poster there. Chris gave me of the fight that never happened. Against Liam McGeary. Yeah. He won the poster. Yeah. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's actually a slick poster, isn't it? It is indeed. It is good. The guys can't see it. So I was going to say, what do you think? But yeah. no. <laughs> Lovely poster. Or um, not video. Yeah, so come here. Let's take a quick look at these... Uh, the, the latest news headlines, and we're probably going to go into our first interview after this because uh, we got a lot to get through this week. Um, so, Ariel Hawani has reported that McGregor and Gaethje are in preliminary talks for a summer bout. Umar Namagabedov, 12-0, has signed for the UFC. He's fighting Hunter Azure at UFC 249, of course, when Habib is fighting Ferguson as well. Uh, Alexander Hernandez v. Islam Makashev has been added to UFC 249 as well. That's a That's the type of thing we've been waiting for from Makashev, I believe. And UFC are targeting a Kazakhstani card for June 13th, according to my good colleague, Steve Morocco. Uh, Chris Fields will return to the Cage Warriors banner on April 18th. We'll be hearing from Chris later on today. Roberto Saldic will take on Marius Zaromskis um, at KSW 53 for his welterweight title. Zaromskis, of course, uh, a Bellator legend. Um, and how about this? You're not going to like this one, Bashers. Jose Aldo, not Peter Yan, will take on Henry Cejudo on May 9th for the Bantamweight title, despite his two-fight skid. Um, what do you think of that? I'll get there in a second. Sorry. <laughs> Juan Adams has signed for Aries as well, which could be meaning that a, a potential date with our boy Rug Rug could be set up down the line. Rug Rug. That's a great opponent to have, though. I feel like they're they're doing great things, Aries, with their with their um, 
with their signings, getting in these names from the UFC, etc. Um, well, we're going to talk about, do you know what? We'll go to our interview and we'll come back and we'll talk about Gaethje, the Gaethje McGregor story and maybe Al Logan. Phil. What do you think of that? Phil, Is it okay perfect, with you, babes? I just don't perfect. want to hurt your feelings. Perfect. I don't want it to be nice and flowy. <laughs> do you want to introduce uh, the first guest of the evening? Uh, who's our first guest? <laughs> I think you know. <laughs> Mr. Paul yeah. Felder caught up with Paul uh, what was it today? One of the I don't mo- even know what day it is. <laughs> one of the most sought after interviews in the sport at the moment coming off that uh, fantastic fight with Dan Hooker where Incredible. almost retired. Yeah. Mate, who knows? Who knows? It's uh, As I said, I think it's just, you know, a matter of Paul, it's, it's that big fight as he explains here, you know, might bring him back out. And obviously Dublin is looming large in, in August. Uh, going to be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Take it away. Always an absolute pleasure to speak with my next guest coming off an absolute war and fight of the year contender against Dan Hooker in New Zealand. One of the most talked about men in mixed martial arts. Uh, always a pleasure. Paul Felder, first of all, my buddy, how many donuts have you eaten this week? That's what I what, what I have to ask. <laughs> Man, today, so today, Christine and Ashley, they went, they, they got donuts. She was coming over. And I was like, all right, you should go into this place, Yum Yum Donuts. Uh, it's in Pennsylvania it's probably about 45 minutes outside of the city, so I don't get to it too often, but it's out by where she lives and, and, and where Ashing is sometimes. And the donuts there, dude, are they're big, they're filled, they're delicious. She got me six of them. I was you like, all right, savage. I'm going to eat a couple now. I'm going to eat a couple now. <laughs> I'm going to go for a little long walk, get a little cardio in. Then I had all these interviews. You know, I had some interviews that I was trying to bang out with everybody. Get out there today to you guys. I kind of like had my week to recover. I ate three. They went down easy, dude. And I was like, hmm. I'll have another one. And Ashing wanted to try this cherry pie filled one. It was like chocolate frosted with a cherry on top with cherry pie filling. <laughs> so, you know, no sugar in it at all. Daddy added. So she takes like the tiniest bite. So I'm stuck with this massive filled donut, <laughs> number number four. I was like, all right, screw it. I'm just, I'm going for it. I ate that one. Then I had two more. You pig. And I was like, and I'll do one more and save one for. I ate all six of those filled donuts in probably about thirty minutes. <laughs> Jeez, you're like me with the Guinness, so I'm just the opposite way around. With Bro, it. I can't. It, it 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 really is a problem, right? Because <laughs> I crave it. I crave it, Niall. You know this. You've interviewed me during these weight cuts. You know that it's on my mind for eight weeks, nine weeks, maybe even ten weeks for this fight, where I really was disciplined. For a long, long, long time. Yeah. So, dude, now that I'm off the chain, the fight was epic. Like, I'm proud of myself, even though we didn't get the win. But, like, I know I put in work. I just can't help it. Can't help it. I was and gonna... I keep saying the next day you're going to be better, and I will. Like the one day I woke up, I had three eggs, some oatmeal. I was like, yeah, good breakfast, some coffee. I was like, let's go. Then I just start like crushing candy throughout the day, and it's like, stop! What are you fucking doing? I'm going to ask you about that in a moment. Obviously, you know, you mentioned the possibility of retiring. We'll speak about that in a sec. But I have to ask you about the fight first of all. I scored it rounds two, four, and five for you. There was a lot of people, literally majority of people, I think, even online and in the media world, scored the fight for you. Um, just your thoughts on the fight? Were you obviously, obviously, you were disappointed. I know you had it scored for yourself. Um, just your thoughts on the judge's decision? Yeah, man. It's just again another case where. Let me start with it was a super close fight, right? We all know that it was yeah. competitive, as, competitive as hell. Dan's as tough as they come, and 
congratulations to him. I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm not going to fight the decision. It's not, it's not worth it. It was close enough where I can't complain. But that being said, you know, Dan thinks he won the fight. He talked about it on, on different interviews. And I feel like I won the fight. Like you said, I feel I did enough in round two. I, do, I think I dominated the striking. He had my back for like a second, did nothing with it. Uh, and then four and five, the championship, the later rounds, I turned it up. I had a better cardio, and I feel like I put a stamp on it. Mm. And uh, I feel like I lost on one judge's scorecards, took away round five because of that takedown. But we talked about it in the current rules. A takedown with zero damage and zero positional yeah. changes. Well, you know, we were scrambling. There was never any real dominant moment, and I got back up to my feet. Now, granted, not in a, uh, an amazing position, but no damage was done. So you look at the rest of the round for that. I thought I had done enough, lost lost some money, but I got the bonus. So I mean, that made things a lot better, obviously, than just mm. getting my show purse. But it was still an amazing experience, dude. Like to go in there, walk through that crowd. Yeah, I want to. I want to. Born in the USA, <laughs> blazing on the radio. I want to ask you about that. Actually, the walkout because it was obviously you know Grand Control to Major Tom. Tom was your dad, your, your late father, and then you went into to Born in the USA. Was that all linked towards your dad? Uh, definitely, the the um, space oddity uh, was all for my dad, and uh, I just knew that 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 would get me in the right head spot. You know, I got his ashes. Like I'm with my team. And then I just wanted to come out to something f- for us, for, for the USA. You know, it's like I'm over in this guy's backyard and all these people are yeah. so gung-ho about New Zealand and Auckland and being representing their country. I felt like I was doing mine a disservice if I didn't come out there and kind of rep it a little bit. And uh, it got me pumped, man, to come out to that song with screaming Kiwis in my <laughs> face. It was like, it was raw. <laughs> it was it was it was one of those you know spine tingling moments it's a, it's a, yeah. one of my favorite songs you know i love bruce springsteen as well um i have to ask you before we move it on a bit um you know i feel i don't know how you feel about this maybe you start fights a little bit too slow do you feel that's an issue because you always seem to come into fights in the you know the second late second round third round you seem to be at your sort of your your peak yeah. Yeah, I don't know why, right? And, and and that's one of the things we really worked on, too. And I was doing really well in sparring. I was g- g- getting my game plan going right away, which was to be aggressive, mm. as you guys saw, which was to get in his face, close that distance, try to work the body. And Dan did a really good job of evading, and I did a really poor job in the beginning of following him, right? And I yell about it to fighters all the time when I'm commentating. So, I, you know, I can take myself out of the equation when I watch it and see that I, I thought I was cutting him off in the moment, but I see that I'm leaving so much octagon space. Once I started bridging that gap, and you can see Duke being the ge- genius that he yeah. is, he's all over that. He's like big steps to your left, big steps to your left. He's, he's escaping out the side. But at that point, I'd already given up the first round. You know, and I was like, God damn it, here we go. But, you know, I won the second. And, yeah, I got to I gotta work on that. If, you know, when I come back, when that big fight comes up, which I feel like the UFC is going to give us something something cool to get me back in there. We'll talk about that in a moment. I have a few suggestions, yeah. obviously, to, to throw your way. Um, you, you mentioned retirement, Paul. You know, you've just said there you're looking for the big fights, the main events, the five-rounders. Is that the only reason or only chance we'll see of you competing in the octagon again? Yeah, man, I think so. I think uh, at this point, it's got to be something exciting, right? And I'm not saying 
that I'm maybe deserving of, of a million of those. But if you're if you're going to get me back, I feel like I'll, I'll, I'm willing to wait around for a little bit. I mean, no rush. I took some good damage in that fight. It was a five-round decision. So, you know, obviously Dublin is something I've reached out and said that the Dukes made it pretty clear that we'd love that. Yeah. That's a pretty quick turnaround for me. But for that, for that card, I would love to do it, man. Uh, you know, to go and fight in Ireland uh, would just be so much fun, dude. You know, obviously I'm the Irish Dragon. I've got the ancestry going back to them, and I could I could sit here and get my uncle Mark and. Uncle Jack on here and tell you every lineage in town, where we're from, and all that kind of nonsense. Even though some people think I'm just a, we'll, we'll do that. German, we'll do that German after. Twice. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Uh, Conor McGregor put up an Instagram post. He said, uh, "Felder's German, you stupid twat." Why? Why is Conor McGregor constantly in your ear? Like you know, he said it obviously after his fight against Donald Cerrone. Now again, what what did you make of that uh, that job on on Instagram? Man, I just think he's aware of the division. You know, I think he's, you see, he, he 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 comes after anybody. He puts feelers out on on anything. You know, he's he's a he's a businessman in that way where he and he wants to be alpha dog, right? That's his way of uh, of kind of being the boss, right? Making comments to to anybody and everybody. Um, I don't think it mean meant too much. He deleted it afterwards, and uh, oh, did he I, delete I, it? I didn't realize that. Yeah, I didn't jump on that bait because it was literally, I had just gotten out of the sauna, cut like seven pounds. We were close to weigh-ins. I was going to lay down until we had to go and cut the last half pound. So it was like, as exciting as that is to have, you know, one of the biggest stars kind of call you a twat on um, (laughs) social media. I I, I didn't want to make the mistake that so many people would have of, of addressing that right then and there. Fair. And, and taking any respect away from Dan Hooker, who obviously deserved every bit of my attention for that fight. Definitely. Now, that's that's, that's totally fair enough. Um, I've got to ask you as well, the injuries. Obviously, there's you know that long list again. You, you got pretty badly beaten up. Um, I believe there was an issue with your, your eye, your shin, uh, your liver as well you've spoken about. Uh, h- how serious was all that? So the eye, there's, there's a couple little orbital floor fractures, which happen quite more often than um, a lot of the casual fans probably know about. Anytime we're breaking our nose and stuff, a lot of times you get the orbital floor. It's the mm. small bones that go under your eye. They're like eggshells. They, they crack quite often. So uh, the way everything's looking right now, it's, it looks like I won't need any kind of plates or surgery. Everything will heal on its own. It's, it'll be like a, an eight-week no-contact uh, type of situation. My ankle is still really sore just because of the calf kicks and, and kicking him and my feet always swell after fights and traveling. So, you know, and then you go and eat 3,000 calories worth of donuts <laughs> in one sitting. You swell up a bit. Uh, but other than that, I'm good. I had a little crazy scare with some some rhabdo, which is like a kidney. can be like a... Overexertion of the kidneys. thing of the kidneys because it's your, your muscles start breaking down and producing this stuff that gets into your blood and your kidneys work to filter it out. Wow, how serious? That sounds really serious. It can be really serious, and but luckily it was right after the fight, and I was in the emergency room. So it, the the way you, you get rid of it is you just you have to hydrate and rest like a maniac. So I basically was put on like five bags of IVs throughout the twenty four hours that I was in the hospital. And did they tell I, you about I, any serious implications that may have had? No, as long as my they they were checking my kidney function 
the whole time. They kept taking my blood to see if it was going down. And that's why they eventually released me because they flushed it enough where my kidneys were operating. I stayed hydrated. I've been staying hydrated since I left the hospital. Haven't really been drinking too much or anything like that because obviously I was worried about my kidneys. So that was the only problem with getting done a huge fight and wanting to drink beers. It was like, eh, I'll wait on that. <laughs> Would that have a knock-on effect to, to anywhere else in your body if, you know, obviously if you're swelling up after a fight or anything like that and your kidneys aren't functioning? Well, that was their worry was letting me go out of there and having this stuff still affecting my kidneys. But once I was uh, showing that everything was getting operational and, and functioning, it was my and my urine was completely clear by the time I was uh, mm-hmm. leaving there. Um, and, and to clear it up, some people think that it was during my my weight cut. I didn't have it during my weight cut. I had it post fight. Okay. So it was from the it was from the exertion of the fight, and and they were worried that it could have been from my um, my calf getting a compartment syndrome, which is when you the swelling is too much for your body to be able to handle. Wow. And what happens is, if it swells past what it can handle, it will your body will actually just start strangulating the muscles to. So you could the swelling in which go kill the muscle in your in your body. So, so they could be looking at cutting off your leg. Well, yeah. Well, one the ways they deal with it is they actually slice open your muscles in giant slices to relieve the tension, and then sew them back up when the inflammation goes down. Wow. And I didn't want that at all, as you can imagine. So I was elevating it, icing it like crazy, and. Uh, they didn't. Th- they didn't think I had it, but they wanted to keep me overnight to to monitor that, because any time that you get that 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 stuff going into your kidneys, they they were thinking that it could also be from compartment syndrome, but it looked like it was more like a, a rhabdo type, just overexertion breakdown of my muscles naturally from that, as opposed to like one mm. serious. So I didn't end up having compartment syndrome. Thankfully, um, what you know, I have to ask you this as well, you know. How, how bad is the come down after fight week? You know, you know, win, lose, or draw. It's, it's something people I don't think often think about when they speak to fighters on a regular basis, or you know, any sort of fans looking on at the sport. It must be very, very difficult, regardless of the result. It's tough. It's tough, man. Um, you almost get this, uh, and, and all the fighters kind of talk to each other because they know, right? They're like, how you feeling? This is even if you've won. Yeah. You know, a lot of times they'll be like, hey, how you holding up? Because it's so so much and so much raw emotion and relief and stress and excitement. And then it's over. Right. Yeah. And it's now about the pay-per-view this weekend. It's you're kind of, um, you're old news very quickly in the sport of, of mixed martial arts, but I feel like I'm getting pretty good at that. And I like, I, I love the attention. I love being, but then when it's over, I go back to, yeah. to Philly and out just outside of the city in my little townhouse with my daughter and my you know family and it's like I'm just kicking it on the couch you know so I, I've learned to kind of be really low key when I'm not in the spotlight obviously you know we, we hope that doesn't prolong too often um, you know do, do, does it prolong sometimes it can like I've had them where they they really like the Mike Perry fight with the broken arm. Just when you have constant reminders yeah. of it or the lung injury with, with James Vick, those ones are tougher to overcome. But at least this one already, like my face is healing up. My leg is healing yeah. up. I'm walking around, um, you know, so I feel like I'm going to, I'm going to move on much quicker from this one. And it was, 
I did my job, man. You know, like uh, my biggest concern with that was getting this main event, having the UFC finally trust me, Dana White, Sean Shelby, giving me this opportunity that I've been begging for. And then the fear as you get closer and closer to it is, what if I shit the bed? You know what I mean? Mm. What if I go out there and Dan Hooker knocks me out in 30 seconds? And we see it happen, right, to the best guys in the world. And it's just, that shit's a reality. And that's what wears on you the whole time, no matter how prepared you are, no matter how good you are, you just, you, you, you don't want to blow it. And, and sometimes we do. You and, see, uh, I'll tell you what, you, you certainly did. And that's going to be, you know, this, it'd be a very good fight, um, you know, if, if someone knocks that off for fight of the year for me. It was an incredible display from both yourself and Dan. So, like, you yeah. certainly didn't shit the bed on that occasion. Exactly. So, that, in, that, in that regard, I'm happy. And I feel like I did enough to win the fight, but I left it close enough where it was away. So, I can't really do uh, too much complaining about it. You know, it's just, it, it sucks. It, yeah. You know, I, I would be in a different position if I had won that fight. But I feel like to win, I did enough to prove that, you know, yeah, to win. And, uh, but I feel like I've, I've guaranteed myself at least another chance to have another main event spot before I'm agreed. retired. Totally agreed. Um, what, what did Dana White say to you? Have you spoken to him or Sean Shelby or Mick Maynard or anyone directly? I haven't talked uh, directly to Dana yet, but I did talk to Sean right after the fight. And, uh, he's first thing he said is, don't go retiring on me right after the fight. And we talked about the fight and just how much he loved it and, I asked him, you know, before they announced it, I was like, fight it tonight. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, like no brainer for that. And then he sent me a really nice text message. Just, you know, I won't say any of the details, but not pushing me one way or the other, just thanking me for what had happened. And, you know, if I just decide to be a dad and hang it up, then he supports me. But that he's got some interesting things that uh, he's going to want to be calling me about in the future. And I said, hopefully uh, you, you, pick up that call so they said we mentioned at UFC Dublin and the online traction was absolutely huge um you know loads of Irish fans a lot of our listeners here in Eurobash the general team and I think 90% of the people who've talked about UFC Dublin have mentioned one name and one name only to headline that event and that is you uh, Paul Felder you know what would that mean to you to to fight in front of the loudest crowds in the world here in Dublin, Ireland, as a headline. Well, man, I feel like that's uh, one of those bucket list things that i got to check off now. You know, I've, I've invaded all these countries where everybody's out to, to have me lose. Uh, it'd be nice to go to one where I feel like i got a lot of support and a lot of fan base to, to go there and rock that house over in Dublin, man, and uh, maybe rock some green shorts for that one would be uh, a dream come true for sure, man. It, it just smell the beer spilling in that place would be uh, out of control because duke is is so so keen for it to happen uh, you know duke added me in, in a, a group text message with you making sure you you came on and and did everything possible in your power to to get that position on the card uh you, you know it, they don't come along every day we know that we haven't had a ufc here in five years you said it's a bucket list moment would it be an emotional moment you know could that be the one where you you know, maybe fight in Dublin and then maybe walk away from the sport? Would you look at it as something like that? I don't know. I feel like after the energy of fighting in Dublin, it would just make me want to keep on fighting, especially if I can get another win. Then, you know, as long as we're moving up the ladder and and progressing and making money and staying in the top 10, the top five, you know, that's, that's what's keeping me around. 
if, if I ever feel like I'm becoming a journeyman or I'm, I'm fighting the guys on the lower rungs and they're kind of working me out that that's when I'll retire. When I feel like, uh, I'm not the, the, the marquee, you know what I mean? When I'm feeling like I'm not the guy selling the fight, then, then it's time to be done. Listen, it sounds to me as if you're nowhere near done by what you're, what you're saying here. I just, I just need some donuts and, and a couple of beers and, and get a little fat and start shaming myself. And then when I start shaming myself, I start working out hard and then I'll want to fight and I'll be, Hounding my manager nonstop to to let me know what's next. That, that's usually how it works. I'm o- I'm always thinking these things after a loss. It's just I, I you know it was the main event. I got to speak after the fight, so I was emotional. So a lot of stuff came out that's that's kind of always on my mind anyway. You know, as a almost 36 year old athlete who's taken some big injuries, I feel like we're all always wondering. You know, when when is the last one? I don't think you realize how popular you are in Ireland. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, because you say that to me, and then you know the only times I really see too much stuff is is whenever Connor says something, and then I get all the his fans and all the negativity. So I feel like unfortunately the the real supporters over there get kind of get kind of washed away by the haters. I think you did yourself a lot of favors at that time in Belfast. You were very very gracious with your time uh, and with, with a lot of the fans. I think a lot of people sort of warmed you in Belfast, and uh, I think we'd. Uh, I think you were buying beers for everyone as well at the at the bar in Belfast. But <laughs> but listen to me, um, you know that's something I think everyone here would love to see Paul Felder in a, in a headline event in Dublin, definitely, because um, we don't have any you know too many uh, names here in the UFC at the moment in Ireland. But I got to ask you, you know, what has Christine said? What has uh, you know Duke said about you continuing fighting? Do they still? Do your, does your mum Marion? Uh, do they still want yeah. you to fight on? Well, what's what's their feelings? Everybody in my life at this point is okay with either either way. My mom probably more okay with me hanging it up than anybody else, obviously. Obviously, my coaches think I still have a lot left. Duke is more pissed off than anybody I know about, about this fight. He, you know, he's upset. He's, he thinks that, you know, we, we pulled it off and we had a great performance as well as I do. Um, but that's my coach's job, right? He's got my back. They're they're uh, they're getting pissed off for me, so I can just kind of let it be what it is. But uh, I'd say the majority of people don't don't think that I'm that I'm done. Well, do you think that you're done? You know, I, I, no, I know I know you're going to disagree with me now, and I say this, but what you know, once a fighter does start mentioning retirement, a lot of times you you, you sort of go, you know, maybe maybe he should retire. No. Yeah, of course, but I think it depends on what kind of performances that that athlete is putting on, right? I feel like if you're getting knocked out multiple times in a row and you're starting to talk about retirement, you should most definitely retire. I mean, we're talking, I was coming off of a win streak and Mm. arguably won the fight in a five-round main event. It's like, well, that could be a little premature. But in the moment, I was just upset. You know, I I was disappointed and uh, I I missed my daughter. I wanted to get home and, you know, I, I kind of got caught up in that that limelight a little bit and wore my wore my emotions on my sleeve a little too much. I I, I think you know we we did speak about this all fair before we came on. I think people sometimes it's it's very easy to forget what you guys go through in the journey before the fight, getting there. You know, I'm in regular contact with you. I know how much weight you have to cut. It's 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 not a, a you know a three month process. It's a three month bloody diet where you you have to eat very very sensibly and carefully. Is that something maybe yeah. you feel as though 
the fans would, would uh, and maybe media in general just just take that on board when they're speaking to guys that you know these guys go through a lot a huge amounts for our for our entertainment effectively yeah especially the guys that cut significant weight you know it's a it's not only do i have to train you know i train most days five days five days a week i train two times a day and then once or twice on on uh, saturday but uh it's a it's a bitch man yeah Mm. it's a it's a whole two two plus month diet where i'm not i'm not cheating man you've seen these meals like Every day, it's not like on Saturday. I'm like, ah, I dieted really good this week. I'm gonna go have a couple cheat meals. It's like, no, there's a cheat meal to me would be like if I let myself have a tablespoon of peanut butter that I wasn't supposed to have in my macros that day. It's, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be wearing that shit in the morning. You know what I mean? Or I'll be looking even more muscular in the morning because I went and had too many carbs the night before. And it's just, it's, it's a science project to to, to do it where I feel healthy. And this weight cut was miraculous uh yeah Ilarios did, did a great job did a great job but even then the day of weigh-ins i still cut seven and a half pounds shit because it was a friday night weigh-in so i woke up and i had yeah it was like seven a little over seven pounds cut so it wasn't like it wasn't like oh it was such a good weight cut he only cut a couple pounds it was like i and then i still cut six and a half or whatever it was and then i thought i would float the rest on the way to the wayans i still had to get to the sauna at the hotel and cut half a pound so it was like i, I it doesn't in future i'm gonna give you a little bit more leeway when you're grumpy as fuck with me uh, in the build-up to fight week because i know how tough it is for you guys and and we and we do appreciate what you guys do listen to me just a couple more before i let you go and i do appreciate the time as always paul what what is next dude like you know is there a name there you know ally quint is a guy i know you've mentioned he's mentioned you um there's a whole host of names in that 155 pound division um i'm yeah. presuming you want to get on that dublin card as you said is ally akin to the, the the man that, that fancies your tickle uh yeah i like that fight right that fight was supposed to happen um i know duke wants a rematch and i would like that too but i don't see that happening i think uh, obviously, the way that the UFC is going to go, Dan did get the win, and it was all fair and square. So I feel like he's going to end up fighting Poirier, and uh, that leaves Connor Gaethje and Cowboy above me. And obviously, I'm not yeah. fighting Cowboy. Uh, I don't see Gaethje wanting that fight, especially if I'm coming off a loss. So it really limits what I'm. I'm obviously, I want those bigger names, but I don't see myself getting those bigger names just because that's just how the cookie crumbles in this sport. And uh, Al came right out and said, that, you know, he he wanted that fight. And I feel like that's a fight that gets me excited just because that's something the fans have wanted. He brings it mm. every single time. I bring it. You give us a main event somewhere, we're going to... What do you mean somewhere? What do you mean somewhere? What? Come on. Is it, uh, yeah, but exactly. You you keep pushing for it. I want it. I'll take it. But uh, we'll see what happens, right? Paul, listen, I'm. Uh, it's always a pleasure to speak to you. And I do appreciate the time. And I know it's, it's obviously been a tough week for you. And, uh, you know, wonderful fight. And if you do decide to call a day, I, it doesn't seem like you are. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I always appreciate the time, my friend. No, thanks for having me, man. You know I always got time for you, bro. Always a pleasure to uh, have Paul Felder on the show. El um, Dragano Irlandese. Yes. Oh, is that... Is that um, how, that's how you say... 
the Irish Dragon? I don't fucking know. I'm not Spanish. <laughs> oh, Jesus, that was very impressive. Um, no, but uh, no, it's, it's, you know, I think as well, we have to sort of mention the online traction and, you know, weight behind the fan support for Paul. Oh, he's um, in a better to, place than ever, even though he's coming off a loss. Yeah, and I think everyone, like, if you, did you see the post he put out about UFC Dublin? I'm due a trip to Dublin soon. Yeah, yeah. The amount of traction, man, and Irish fans actually commenting on that saying, we want you to headline, we want you to headline, we want you to headline, it's... The amount of it's, Irish it's pubs just ordering crates again as soon as they see this. Jesus yeah. Christ. But even like I, I went across the road there last night for a few jars and even the you know the barman, he wouldn't be mad into UFC, one of the, the owner. He was going, oh, geez, that fight was unbelievable with, with, yeah. with Paul and Dan. He watched it online and legally, I hope. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was. It was an incredible fight. And, you know, if Paul's considering retiring, listen, best of luck to him. He's had a fantastic career. And he's, I'll tell you what, one one tough son of a bitch. Absolutely. Um, let's take, talk about this uh Ariel Owani reporting last week that McGregor and Gaethje are in preliminary talks for a summer bout. Uh, Dana White still seems to be keen on the Namaga Madoff fight, which seems weird with them fighting in April, right? How do you feel about it? Do you like the Gaethje fight? No, I, I don't know. I think it, it, it's a big risk for Connor and his stock You know, if he is to go in and fight Gaethje and lose to Gaethje. I still think um, we're more likely to see Connor at 170 pounds until that rematch um, or potential rematch against Habib happens. Uh, obviously, if Tony wins, I think they'll do Conor Tony. But I just don't see... I think there's an awful lot for him to lose if he if he fights at 155 and loses. You know, he's not going to get that title shot if he loses to Gaethje. Um, I Kavanaugh, wouldn't be surprised if was asked, 170. Kavanaugh was asking for a 170 uh, yeah. straight after the Cerrone fight. I mean, I don't see the problem with it. Like, I mean, they're going to give him a title fight when they want to anyway. You know, like... But if he loses to Gaethje, they won't. Oh, no, absolutely not. But um, I think... Is it a more winnable fight than the likes of Masvidal, who was pushed around a lot in the in the uh, in the immediate aftermath of Cerrone and and beforehand? Because I'm hearing I'm hearing it both ways. I'm hearing McGregor fans saying this is a perfect matchup for Conor. I'm hearing Gaethje fans saying this is a perfect matchup yeah, for Gaethje. I agree. Yeah, that that has been branded around a lot. But, I'm like, uh, which one fucking is it, lads? <laughs> well, I, I just think he's he's at a stage now where uh, you know I love the fight, by the way. Like, I, I mean, in terms of two guys, two animals that. Like tough, yeah. tough dudes who who are savage strikers. I mean, it would be a spectacle. Oh, it'd be a deadly fight. But like, I'm just thinking: is there too much to lose Connor, for Connor there in terms of going forward for a big money fight? Like, let's be honest. I think if he fights, you know, obviously if Habib beats Tony Ferguson, like, that's going to be the biggest fight ever. And like the amount of people that are going to tune in for that, I think that's going to break any record in terms Habib of pay per view sales. No, no, Habib and Connor. If, if a rematch does happen, if Habib yeah. can get over Tony, which I, you know. I think a lot of people are writing off Tony. It's just, it's just very, it's very bizarre. They're just you can looking past. You can understand why people are like favoring Nurmagomedov based on what he's done. Though. Yeah, Tony's going to beat him though. I know you've, you and Sean Al Shadi have been sticking by these guns for a long time. But what I wanted to say to you was, um, what did you want to say to me? The 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 um, the fact that you're saying like money fights, etc. I think the Cerrone fight proved that Connor doesn't really need to fight you know, a select few people to make money. I mean, if he's making, if, he, if he's clearing a million pay-per-views with that ESPN thing in place against Cerrone, I think he does a million against Well, well no, I think there was a difference with, with that Cerrone fight. I think people, comeback, etc. Yeah, people want, intrigue. exactly. Is, is people people wanted to see is Connor back. Is, is is this the Connor of old back? And I don't know if you're going to get that against, you know, the likes of Justin Gaethje or someone like that. People just might have a passing casual interest and not go ahead and purchase the pay-per-view. 
If, um, if if Ferguson wasn't fighting for the title, it would be gauged up. Like, I mean, he is right there, I, I feel. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. But uh, So by beating him, like, I mean, there's no argument. Yeah, but I still don't know if he's going to do that. I, I would not be surprised if we... Like, I'd still... You, you'd see, you would see Rappelman, Cotton Wool, and yeah, wait for the result. that's what my, my whole thing is along that, the lines of that and I think if he goes to 170 if he fights at 170 he loses at 170 there's no stock lost at 155 there is right so but the problem is right if they want him fighting in summer Habib's not going to fight in the summer yeah Ramadan. yeah I know so I, th- I think it's more like you can you be end of the year September yeah why not like he's not going to fight six times in the year like he said he is anyway we know that's not going to happen <laughs> no. do you know what I mean so <laughs> he did three times yeah it? like <laughs> So yeah, I think we'd be lucky to get Connor in twice this this year. You know, uh, him once. I, two more times is not crazy for me. N- not crazy, but I think I, I think realistically once more. Um, what about Summer Gaethje and then in September, October or November? Well, I tell you what's happened. Usman has gone very quiet uh, on this whole potential match against Masvidal. No, has that not sort of di- died down, petered out? Yeah. Well, I guess my whole thing with that was Dana White said. You know, oh, it's definitely happening in the summer. And I foolishly was like, all right, it's happening yeah. in the summer. And I forgot all about it. You yeah. know what I mean? I just like, went, yeah, that's happening in the I, summer. I think that's more, you know, I would not be surprised if Conor wants to go for that Dozman fight in the summer. Really, yeah? For the third title. Like, you think, if you think, if you think of what that would do for him, you know, Conor loves chasing oh, records. Yeah. We've always said this, you know, he, he talked about Donald Cerrone, you know, the amount of head kick knockouts he had. And for him to do that, I think it was the first time ever Donald was, was finished in that manner. Um, and you believe if he loses to Usman for the 170 title takes no stock come back and fight a 55 title exactly that's 100% my point and I think if you look at the Usman fight as well like there's, there's a good bit of beef there between those two you know Connor the whole tweet situation yeah there. yeah and, and obviously he said you know he, he was the state of him he goes when he was sitting cage side after he beat Donald Um there's a bit of shit there obviously with the agent as well uh, Ali Abdelaziz there's just no love lost there and I just think if you know he was to go in and win that 170 pound title, imagine 170 pound champion against 155 pound champion. It would be some story for the end of the year. Is that what you do if you're UFC? If that's what I do from the UFC, yeah. I think it, it it just adds more stock to what Connor is already. No, it's interesting. Um, so, I think uh, I'm happy enough with the Gagey route, but that is an interesting take without a doubt. Let's talk about yeah. Jose Aldo getting drafted in ahead of our boy. Now, how do you feel about that? You're I'm very you- upset about it. Um, I mean, look, right. I talked about this a bit with uh, Casey Lloyd and, uh, and Jose Youngs. I understand. Who's he? The the host of the A. Oh, sorry, check know. it out every Wednesday, six p.m. Irish <laughs> time. But um, the uh, the thing is, Yon Romero's fighting Israel Adesanya this weekend. Yon Romero has lost two fights, but there is no other person at one eighty five where everyone's like, he should be fighting for the title. This is ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? Like, what? Why isn't this guy fighting for the title? Jan is that guy. Aljamain Sterling is that guy yeah. at one thirty five. I just don't feel like more I've thought about this I just don't feel like they do that unless they're going to Sao Paulo on May in May you know yeah listen I I would have liked to see Peter Jan myself I think that you know he basically decided what he wanted to do against Uriah Faber um, at any given time and moment it was like he was toying with Uriah in we knew that, that fight yeah but I I didn't really expect it to be in the manner which it had the star making power though right that fight was huge 100%. in terms of fighting your own and I think you know what it, what it comes down to again as well with the UFC and maybe you haven't thought about this but I certainly thought <gasps> about it um, you know maybe it's the, the English language maybe that's why they're holding his push back you know? he has done very well though, right? like we've been noticing he's, he's getting better he has sentences but I mean in the space of a year when you're also competing five times in the UFC I imagine that it's pushed well, to the back well, it was of the very queue. similar with Habib you know Habib did not get that initial push until he learned the language of English like that's I think that's pretty fair to say like he was 
you know, gradually, you know, fighting guys like Pat Healy and then it was like Daryl Horch or all these guys. So that could definitely be a line of thought with the UFC. Give him six more months, get a better grasp of the language and and um, Jose Aldo can't and they made me push him. That is true. I think Jose can. He just he's not it's, it's, it's just not arsed. It does make sense. It was like Anderson Silva. Like do you know what I mean? He let Ed Suarez talk for him because he just couldn't be fucking arsed asking <laughs> questions, answering questions. I think that's basically it. But yeah, listen. In fairness to Jose, he did beat Marlon Moraes. Like I don't know how anyone scored that fight for Marlon Moraes. Jose won it for me. So I, I'm not totally over the hill, but I think Peter's a lot of time as well. He's young. Is um, fighting Aldo for the belt a bigger fight than fighting Henry Cejudo for the belt? Say Aldo comes yeah. in and he beats. So, that, yeah. like, I mean, it might work out, right? Yeah. Because he does need fights against established names. And although Cejudo's done a great job of, of making himself a bigger name. He's an is, idiot, though. I, mean, I don't like the guy. He's I mean, so annoying. But look, look, you, you say this, and then you're like, yeah, I'm I, about I, don't understand, I don't understand people getting yeah, no, so upset with Kobe Covington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I know. I, I get it. He's a dickhead, though. But I get it. Yeah, I do get it. Harsh. Um, <laughs> let's go to a man who nobody has really ever described as a dickhead, I'm sure. Um, Joseph Duffy, one of the nicest men in the world. Uh, we have not seen him for a long time since that fight with DK, say, last March, I believe. Was that last yeah, March? London. Yeah. Um, so we're going to have a word with Joe. It seems to be the theme of this week's episode is uh, they're all want to get on this... Uh, Dublin card. This Dublin card. But very interesting with Joe, obviously, because... He had been in that yeah. slot, spot before against Dustin Poirier. It seemed like the world was opening up in front of Joseph Duffy, but unfortunately, the, an injury then ruled him out of it. Um, Noel talked to him earlier this week, and we're going to hear from Joe, and we'll be back to talk about what happened last weekend. It's been a while since I've spoken and caught up with this man um, all the way out there in Montreal in Canada. Um, I think his last bout was about this time last year um, at UFC London, or coming up to it when he dropped a decision against Mark G. Casey. It is the wonderful and charming Mr. Joseph Duffy. Joseph, how are you, my friend? Always uh, always good to catch up. How's everything in Montreal? I believe you're uh, you're snowed in. Oh, Jesus, for a while, bit of snow here, Niall. All, <laughs> all good other than that. Sick of shoveling, sick of shoveling. <laughs> I think we've lots to catch up on about, Joe. A lot of people, obviously, um, talking about you this week after the announcement. Um, I think it was about 10 days ago of UFC... Dublin, they're they're eager to know where uh, Mr. Joseph Duffy's at. What, what what's been going on in Canada, Joe? Uh, not a pile, not a pile. Just you know, uh, obviously recovering from a prolonged injury and just trying to get back into the groove of thing. You know, um, it's starting to feel good. I, I've been able to put some consistent training in now, and uh, you know things are clicking back into place. So I'm excited to to get back out there. I don't know if you want to talk about it, but, but what what was the injury? What was what was the issues? And I, I know you've been, you know, obviously I've been in touch with you a little bit, and it, it's been kind of frustrating for you in terms of not being able to to really go at it in the gym. That's it. Yeah, I had the rib injury that I injured. I think it was. Let me see. Uh, November twenty twenty eighteen. Uh, I was meant to fight in Australia, and the rib put me out. Um, and it's just been kind of dragging on since. So, um, like, every time I would train, I would kind of, if I got hit in it, it would uh, put it back to square one. Wrestling was an issue. Grappling was an issue. Certain movements. And uh, I just found, like, I would start training. Then I would get injured, start training. And I, I just felt like I was digging myself out of a hole all the time, you know. I couldn't I couldn't get consistent. Um so I went out to the PI. Uh, Heather was working on me out there. You know, the, she's one of the physios in the PI. You know, yeah, Heather Linden, incredible, yeah. uh, incredible. You know, she's always she's always great. 
um, and, and she gave me a bit of advice. So I got some prolotherapy and, and that helped. And, you know, I'm just trying to train smart and, and, and look after it. And, and so far, so good. So, you know, if it keeps going this way, great. Did, you know, just, uh, did it affect you in there against Marchie Casey? Because, like, I, I'm going to be honest, you know, I thought it was a very underwhelming performance from you. And, and, and you were a long way away probably from your best in that fight. It, it was a very underwhelming performance, uh, that's for sure. Like, I, I definitely wasn't myself in there. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not somebody who likes to blame, yeah, blame injuries. Uh, you know, the, like Mark's game plan was great. You know, he came out, he, he took took my leg away, so I think that played a big part too. Um, but in terms of camp, it, it didn't help. You know, I injured it uh, maybe five weeks before the fight, so I couldn't, I couldn't do no live work. You know, uh, wrestling. Or striking, or, yeah. or sparring, or nothing. You know, it was just a case of pad work and, and conditioning. Um, and like I said, like I'm, I'm not blaming that. Saying that's the reason I lost because Mark came up with a good game plan. But uh, you know, maybe, maybe that's why my timing was a little bit off. Like I, I felt like I was seeing the shots, but like I wasn't reacting well. You know. And how, how are you now, Joseph? Is, is everything good now? And are you looking to get back in there? Yeah, everything's great. Like I said, uh, I've been I've been getting some consistent training. Like my weight's good, and and you know I'm I'm happy to be back in the gym, which is which is always a big positive. Um, so without a doubt, like as soon as I seen that Ireland card, uh, like my eyes lit up because <laughs> after uh, after getting pulled from the last one, you know, it's it's something that's really haunted me. You know, like uh, like just I want to get that that fight on on home soil, especially like UFC Dublin is it was it's a landmark event we'll we'll talk about that more in a second um I've got to obviously ask you as well you know you've become a dad since then you've you, little Laura um I know your life's changed obviously a drastic amount you've you've been on text to me saying you, you want 20 more but but listen to me <laughs> d- does your does your perspective change once a, a kid comes in to the mix as well is that fair to say because you know I often speak with with Paul Felder and, and a lot of the other lads who who've kids, and it seems to sort of mellow them out a little bit in terms of you know their fighting career. Yeah, your perspective definitely changes. Uh, obviously, your priorities change too. Like uh, like first, like pretty much since I was a kid. Like I remember in my teenage years, fighting. I was obsessed. You know, that's all I done was train. Like I I didn't go out too much like uh, I was just always in the gym and it got more and more serious as as uh, as I stepped up in level so um, you know when when a kid comes on the scene like it it kind of fighting no longer becomes your your priority you know which is uh, which is something that was strange for me Definitely, definitely. And she's a, a very cute kid as well. <laughs> very cute yeah, kid. Maybe she's not mine. I don't know. I don't know where she got that from. But yeah. Joseph. I'll have to uh, I keep an eye on the mailman. <laughs> quality, quality, quality. Uh, Joseph, I have to ask you, obviously, you, you mentioned there, you know, yourself, um, that that's haunted you. Um, you know, I remember speaking to you in Dublin literally moments after the announcement was made. And, you know, it, it was a terrible weekend to see you so upset so you were sort of listless I think going around Dublin the three arena I know how much that fight obviously meant to you at the time talk to me more about that is it about redemption you know coming back and actually fighting in the three arena under the UFC's banner and righting those wrongs that happened that's part of it without a doubt you know because uh, you know you can you fight it 
all over the world, like uh, like MSG or the O2, like these these kind of landmark arenas. But but it doesn't doesn't compare, you know, fight, fighting on home soil, hearing the crowd on that night, and and knowing, you know, it would have been my first main event under the UFC's banner, and uh, and obviously a quality opponent, you know, against. Uh, Awesome. Dustin Poirier. It was a fight that people was excited for, and a fight I was excited for. So, so without a doubt, like it's about righting them wrongs, and and you know, I I would do anything to get on that card. You know, I, like I just I wanna I wanna fight on the UFC in Ireland, and I wanna I, I just wanna feel that atmosphere because you know, watching it from the crowd, yeah. it was it was incredible, but heartbreaking at the same time because I, I felt like I, I should be in the octagon feeling this, you know. I feel, and, and, and obviously knowing you, you know, considerably well over the years and, you know, on text to you quite regularly and um, we speak quite a lot. I feel as though maybe this has really sort of lit a fire, lit some smoke. Uh, it's really sort of maybe rejuvenated you to appoint the announcement of this card that you, you really just want to go for it and you you just really want to bloody get back in there. Has it lit, lit fire in your belly? Without a doubt, you know, just like I said, like to right that wrong and, and just to feel that atmosphere and something to be excited about. Like, uh, like how can I not be excited about that event, that, that show in Ireland, that, especially after going through fight week thinking I was fighting yeah. and then... You know, to get the news on the Wednesday night, you know, I'm pretty much on weight. I've done a whole camp, and you know, it was uh, it was a very empty feeling. Whereas now, like, like I kind of I got a chance to to feel that again, but actually for it to happen, you know. You know, obviously, it's a long way out. It's 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 a number of months, yes. Um, but but I sort of have to ask you this one as well. You're obviously under dominance MMA under Ali Abdelaziz. You know, his management team. Do you think being under Ali and being under his management puts you in a strong position to get a prominent position on this card? Uh, I hope so. You know, uh, Ali Ali's incredible. Like, uh, just if you spend a day with him and you see how hard he works for his fighters, then uh, you know, I think it would change a lot of opinions. A lot of people's opinion because he really he really does work so hard for his fighters and and he really does back them regardless you know win lose or draw he's he's in their corner um, and I'm sure like uh, as soon as I seen an announcement uh, I, I text yeah. Ali to to try and get on the card and I'm sure he'll do everything in his power to get me on there. Yeah, you know, have you heard anything back from Ali? Is, has there been any word from the UFC about potentially having you on this card? Because we know, you know, obviously, we've we, we your good pal there, Conor McGregor, um, but he's not going to fight in Dublin. I think that's pretty much fair to say. It'd be a big, big surprise if he was to fight in Dublin. You know, we need guys from this country on this card, in my opinion. It's always the theme with the UFC on these, you know, European shows. Have you heard anything back from, from Dana White, Sean Shelby, the UFC, anything about a potential fight on this card? No, I haven't heard anything back. Uh, obviously, like uh, Ali will take care of that side of things, um, you know. But uh, like, like, like I said, I, I contacted him and told him like how, how how much I really want to be on this card. So I'm sure, I'm sure he's taking care of that side of things. Just like I said, just seeing him uh, working just one day, like uh, I can imagine he's already been on to them, and uh, and they're probably discussing options and so on. Joseph, I know you're on a two-fight skids, and, and, and everyone knows your ability and how much of a good mixed martial artist you are. Obviously, you're supposed to headline um, the three arena before. Do you feel like that is a realistic possibility that you may headline even this event? 
Uh, I don't. I don't know. Is the truth that like that's my answer? Uh, especially like having lost my last two. Like uh, whether whether the UFC feel I'm a big enough draw. You know, obviously there's some exciting fights they could put on that that you know. Like I, I feel like I'm an exciting fighter, and and they put me, they put me on the card against against a good exciting name. Then then we'll put on a great show regardless. Um, I know you're not one to call out fighters, but who are those exciting names? You think you'd be you'd be matched up well against? Uh, the, well, there's lots of exciting. Like you look at the lightweight division, how many uh, just exciting strikers there is. You know, like. Uh, there's endless. I know. I know on Twitter. Uh, like just from speaking with you two, the, the amount of people that's that's been saying about me and Paul, and um, Paul Felder, yeah, obviously, yeah, and that uh, that well, you told me this, yeah, that well, it was, yeah, it was a, a fight. It, it was a fight the UFC um, were talking about doing. If you had got over um, against Gaethje, they were talking about doing on a European card here potentially. So, um, do you feel as though that's something that they could possibly run back, Paul? In fairness to Paul, hasn't really addressed what he's doing with his career yet. He, he's told me that um, he's only interested in taking five rounds events and fights that only excite him. And I'm sure um, a UFC Dublin main event would excite him. And I think he tweeted something in relation to that as well. Um, that's it. Like, uh, uh, like I wasn't aware that they were trying to make that fight back then. Um, you know, so so maybe it's true, maybe maybe it's, it's not. I, I'm not sure. Um, um, but if that's something that made sense to Paul and something that made sense to the UFC uh, as a main event, and obviously the fans, you know, if it made sense to the fans, then of course, you know, like uh, I'm going to step up and and uh, as I'm sure Paul would, you know, obviously, like you said, I, I'm on a two fight. Skid, so I'm a bit down the down the peck in order. Um, but one thing, one thing I can assure is that, like, I'll come to fight, and that uh, then we'll put on a good show. I've got to ask you. I, I mentioned names, and I know you're a guy who doesn't watch an awful lot of mixed martial arts because you're always in the the gym yourself. But do you know? We talk about Irish guys and having Irish guys in the cards, and there's, there's only you know yourself and Connor that are actually signed to the UFC that are from uh, you know the Republic of Ireland at the moment. Do you feel as though the the UFC and I know you know a few guys in this scene here. Obviously, you've been been around for a long time. Do you feel as though the UFC are, are going to make more signings, uh, local signings? I think so. I think especially uh, watching Cage Wars and seeing um, seeing their pushback back on Ireland too. Um, you know, there's a couple of guys there who who could be signed for sure. Like Reese McKee is uh, is flying. Like his his last performance, you know, to to stop a guy pretty much with a jab. Uh, and and a friend with Reese Aspar, Reese, I know yeah. just just high level he is. Um, you know, so I, I definitely think he's ready. He's ready for the UFC. And I think uh, obviously after after Cage Warriors in Belfast, you know, all being well, which which I'm sure will be, I'm sure that uh, he'll get the shout and, and he'll be on that Dublin card too. I know you've, you know, I know, I know Reese was over working with you guys in, in TriStar and for us and yourself and, and you guys obviously get on very well. How much improvement have you seen in this game? You know, how far do you think he can go? Because there's a lot of hype here in, in Ireland, obviously, about Reese over the years. And I think more, obviously, now with this sort of spotlight on that Cage Warriors card ahead of UFC Dublin. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure is the truth. Like, uh, like he always had great striking anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, I witnessed that firsthand just sparring with him. He was, he was very good. 
Um, it's actually something I feel I should have, like somebody I should have tried to bring out for the Vic fight because he had such yeah, yeah, such good, good striking and nice range. You know, he would have been the the perfect uh, perfect sparring partner for for the Vic fight. Um, and I'm just you know seeing him. He was uh, he was a professional. You know, when he came out, there was no there was no messing around. Like he came to train and he was working hard all time as as I'm sure he is now. So I'm sure he's made made huge improvements in this game. So Joseph, just before I let you go, and I do appreciate the time as always, my friend. Um, so you're you're expecting to get on this card is basically the bottom line. Um, you've reached out to Ali. Are you 100% sure you're going to be on this card? Because I, I thoroughly believe that um, you deserve it and you should be on it. And obviously it's a no-brainer from the fans' point of view. We've seen all the traction on Twitter, people talking about yourself and Paul and, and, and plenty of other fights. But the people want you on this card... Um, it, it's a no-brainer, right? Uh, well, I like to think so. Uh, obviously, like like you said, there's not many many of us uh, from Ireland that's, that's signed to the UFC at the minute. So um, I'm not going to say for sure because I don't make them decisions. You know, it's up to it's up to Sean and and Dana and them guys who who uh, you know what makes sense for the card. But uh, obviously Obviously, I think it makes sense, and and I'm hoping I can I can just be on there and be a part of that card, and uh, and obviously you know keep keep pushing Irish MMA forward. Definitely, I think the scene's in a, in a great place at the moment, and then you'd be a no-brainer in my opinion to to have an a prominent position on that card. Listen, Joe, go enjoy the snow, go enjoy changing the nappies. It's always a pleasure to speak to you, and I'm looking forward to you hopefully seeing you here in August for that Dublin card on a prominent position on that fight night. Thanks, Nile. I really appreciate it. And there was no flyweight champion crown this weekend because Davis and Figueiredo did not make weight. Um, Joseph Benavidez did make weight, but unfortunately, yeah, it did not go his way. And I felt he's a, just cursed. He's never going. I win felt an outpouring of emotion for Joseph Benavidez after this fight because he is very well liked in, in the MMA community. And I don't it, really like him. What? Yeah, no. I had a bit of it. Well, he was just a bit rude to one of our colleagues before the media day. I found it very strange. Do tell. He just basically said, don't call me Joe, my name is Joseph. So, when you're acting like that, you know. Andrew Cole? Uh, it was to our good friend from Manchester, and that's all I'll say. Oh, Johnny Shrags. Like, Sorry. Come on, we, like, you can't, who doesn't like John? Lo- like, lovely man, but I've spoken to Joseph a good few times. He's a nice fella. I, I get it. I think he's a very, very nice man. Um, There's but, only one nice Joseph in the USC. <laughs> Talk to Joe. Talk to Joe. But, um, Joe Duffy. Yeah, look. It seemed like there was a clash of heads at yeah. a Roy Cross, and uh, it was all over. Um, tough one for Joey B. Tough one for the flyweight division, more importantly. It's 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 that's dis- detrimental, it's a, isn't it's it? It's a disaster. Like you know, Figueroa obviously missing weight for the first time. Figueroa, that was Figueroa, 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 missing weight for the first time in his career in probably the most biggest fight he'll ever have. And Dana White being like straight away, this is unprofessional, and it is. Like, it I mean, is, yeah. You can't say any more than that, and, and and it is. That was the sort of, I was going, shit, you know, it's going to happen now. There's no way Joseph Benavidez is going to win that fight. The flyweights are cursed. That's yeah. that's that's pretty much it for me. And Do I, you think the division yeah. is on its way out? That's the fourth nail in the coffin, yeah. I, I, like, what, like, what, 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 no, what, it's what, a disaster. What do you do? It's it, a disaster. It, it, it's a disaster, and... Uh, yeah, I, I just don't see a way back for the flyaways now. I really don't. It's unfortunate, but I think that's what Dana's going to be thinking as well, especially after Friday. Felicia Spencer absolutely dominated Zara Fern um, from France, one-sided as it gets. 
Um, people are kind of debating, like, <clears throat> if this 145 title is still active, will it be... Megan There's no a- rankings around. Megan Anderson beat Norma Dumont earlier in the night um, with a right cross KO. She got a 50 yeah, so. bonus as well. So who would you put in? I'd put in Felicia, to be honest. One of them. Yeah, I don't... Like, I, I think it's hard to really get invested in this division. There's not enough people not in Not enough people in there. There's not even a ranking... Uh, on the UFC.com page it's just um, obviously Amanda Nunes uh, I don't know it's one of these things they need to shit or get off the pot with the featherweight division and it mo- looks more likely to me that they're getting off the pot than having a shit because it's <laughs> it's uh, it's not happening like it, it isn't and um, I, I just I, this pisses me off because we, we constantly go around in circles and it's the same with the flyweights as well as we were saying there like it's you know what are you doing you know be decisive uh, you know, put together a plan instead of just sort of, you know, tickling the bear and not doing nothing about it. It's it, it's just bonkers. Make a decision. Some serious analogies there from Norman. Uh, a series of analogies. Yeah. Um, Fuck it. Let's talk about <laughs> Magomed Ankalov and Oyan Kutula. But there's a very differing opinions here. Yeah. Um, it's a messy. It's a mess. There's no doubt about it. The, the situation's a mess. Um, it's a tricky stoppage. Uh, look, you you don't agree with the stoppage. No. Because he didn't, he, he, he's kicked him three times in, in the head, but he's, he's, he's blocked every every shot of them. It's sort of hit his hands, and like the referee, is referee's job not to, to see that. Like, how is he hurt? But that's what I, what I don't what I don't understand. Like, I know you think it's different because. Well, I think if I'm if I'm putting myself in the referee's shoes there, and look, like I mean, I don't think this is perfect in any way, but I can't criticize the referee for looking around and seeing a guy that's on Queer Street. As far as he knows, he's like he's rocked. He looks rocked. He's out on his feet. He's wobbling all over the place. And he continues to wobble. Like, usually you're kind of waiting for a guy to kind of regain senses. He he looks as bad from when he gets hit or not get hit, whatever the fuck happened, the head kick. He starts wobbling. He throws a few digs. He's still wobbling. He doesn't look like he's recovered at all. Look, the, the stoppage could have came earlier. Uh, like, if you're just going to stop it from a fella wobbling like that. I, I think the referee has to has to step in there. If he thinks the guy is, is out on his feet like that, he has to protect him. If Kutalaba did this, and he did say afterwards it was game plan, etc., make sure you talk to the ref before you go in and you say, look, mate, as soon as I eat shots here, I'm going to be fucking putting on a front to make this fella exchange with me. There's just so many... Like, I just think it's idiotic. Like, as I said to you earlier, it's like being in a grappling match and pretending to tap out and then them stopping the fight and you're like, oh, sorry, mate. I mean that that's what they're yeah, no, looking for yeah. stopping the fight like I get your point but should the referee maybe not be more clued in and what you know actually seeing where the connection was made no Yeah but I mean you're also dealing with split seconds there like I'm sure I'm sure the, the guys often don't see the punch that has the fella fall on the true. ground don't see the full connection of it like and to be honest I, I I listened to John McCarthy big John McCarthy's podcast for the first time ever today just Him to listen to his take on it and he goes the referee should know he was acting. Sorry, are you the fucking academy? Are you the Hollywood foreign fucking press? Are you referees? Mm. All you're going to be dealing with is fucking brain damage here. That's what you're looking out for. To say this fella should know if this guy's acting or not, I think that's way beyond the call. Yeah, that is, a bit, that is a bit wild. So that's just how I feel about it. Look, I, I get it. I get it when people are like, oh, I didn't like the stoppage. I thought mm. the fight could have gone on. And look, after I uncouped the lab of saying that, yeah, it could have. But you can't say... Get rid of this referee. He should never work again. Like I've seen dickheads saying online because he's stopping a guy that he thinks has, has been rattled. That's yeah. a bad narrative. Like, I mean, last week we're talking about how isn't Caroline in his fight being stopped. Yeah, Where's the yeah, corner? Yeah, Where's the referee? Yeah, yeah, and this yeah. week we're going, that fucking yeah, referee's no, stopping. Enough. Fair enough. I get your, I get your take on it. Um, yeah. I get it. It's messy, though. I'm not trying That's to say... It's very like, messy. What do they do now? Like, do they do a rematch? What do they do? I, I guess you have to rematch, don't yeah. you? But, um, 
Like, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like the referee, I don't think he's had a howler there. I think it's a messy, messy, messy result. But Yeah, no, you sort of persuaded me a bit there now from what you said. So I, I can understand that point. Yeah, it was messy as fuck. There's no doubt about it. I think we all would have preferred to be a cleaner finish. Yeah. You know, cleaner yeah. stop. Like, well, definitely. true, yeah. But as you said, you, you know, you've made me think about it there when you've mentioned Carolina last week. and um, Well, I feel know. like we have to have a big whinge, the MMA community, every week. And this was just happened to be this week's. We do. There's fucking bitching and moaning fucking every week. Fucking fire them. <laughs> do you know how disgusting that is? People calling for people's jobs. It's fucking yeah. gross. Fire you, bitches. <laughs> fire me. I made the BBC. <laughs> uh, Tom Breeze did not look himself at nah, all. man. I was very disappointed. Um, so. Look, I think Brendan Allen's a very good fighter. There's no doubt about it. But I see Tom Breeze, when he is at the peak of his powers, he looks absolutely unbelievable, doesn't he? Yeah, that was not the Tom Breeze we've come Look, to know. Look, the guy's a ground wizard, and he's he just got he just got beaten alive. Um, just didn't seem to to have that get up and go in him at all. He'd one attempt, I think, for, for, uh, of a triangle, uh, barely, and Alan just whooped him. You know, I don't know what's up with Tom. It's 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 tough to see a guy who with so much potential come nowhere near his best. But you know what I was thinking, and I agree with you. But I was thinking, like, maybe just need to get this one out of the way. Because it's been two years. Yeah. There's been so many questions about what happened, these London cards. You know, I think I think he needed to get in there and, and get it done. And I think he should be commended for that, given the situation. Oh, yeah. Or what we're hearing about the situation. And maybe this is something he can build off of. The fact that he got in there. Yeah, well, he's, he, he's back in there. It's a, it, it's a start, as you said. And... Still eleven and two, like that's a that's a serious record. Yeah, like, look, we look, look, we've seen him do. Yeah, you know, when yeah. He's been when he's been good, man. He's been you know a one time guy. We were probably talking about as a world champion. Let's, I can remember that be before honest, like, before a London card. He fought. Um, I think it might have been the second UFC fight. Cahill. No, it was after Cahill. It was. Um, no, Cole was the second UFC fight, was it? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Yeah, he lost to Sean Strickland as well. Yeah, sorry, it was after Cole when he fought Kate and Nakamura okay, at yeah. UFC London. And at the time, Ariel was still with MMA fighting. And I can remember we were doing the preview show outside the O2. And it was me and Simon Head. And all we were talking about was Breeze. And, it, and fucking Bisping was fighting Anderson Silva uh-huh. at the top of that card. So we were like, yeah, that's brilliant. But this is the guy. This yeah. is the next guy. 50 Gs for Breeze, in it. It is. Sometimes. Well, that's what we used to say, you know. And he, he, yeah, it's just it's just disappointing. But at the end of the day, if you look at Tom and 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 you've seen his potential, as we've talked about there, you know he's not going to be a million miles away. It's about as you maybe said, getting that out of the way, and you know maybe a quick quick turnaround now. Uh, probably a bit early, late for UFC yeah. London, but maybe sometime I think they should in the keep away from that car for a while. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely agree. But with look, you. I mean, look, Tom lost a fight. The stuff he's doing at Renegade there is unbelievable. Is unbelievable. He, like, I mean, he, he's the head coach there. It's an incredible team, one of the best teams in Europe, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. I think it's a bigger picture for Tom. Like it's not just yeah. about you know he's very passionate about his jiu-jitsu as well, obviously. Um, so. But I think he'll be that. That's going to disappoint him the most. Just oh, yeah. the, the ground situation there. Like he's uh, he's usually such a live yeah. wire off we, his back. Listen, we must we must you know take our hats off to Brendan Allen as well. Absolutely. fabulous performance. Obviously, he's dominant. It was a dominant dominance. That's the word you could you could use. You know, and uh, I never felt he was in bad. In a bad spot, really, yeah. you know, maybe the triangle yeah. attempt, but I never felt like, oh, here it's nah, not at all. And they've done a great job with him down there in uh, in Rufus Sports. So, uh, you know, uh, a guy to watch, definitely. I think you should keep your eyes on that kid. He's 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 a young lad as well, Marcin- 13 and one, I think he is 14 and three. 14 and three, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Marcin from Poland put on a really workmanlike performance against Sergei Spivak, uh, two Europeans going head to head. We don't like the domestics, lads, but uh. 
as it happened earlier, later on with Ankelef and Kutilaba, it does happen. He, he, he was very dominant. I felt his, his top position was great. Um, but that's pretty much everything that happened on um, that card, I believe, from a European perspective. Oh, sorry. Sean Brady, Ireland's own, mm-hmm. uh, takes out Ismail uh, Nordiev. I thought he would look great here, Brady. I thought he He's looked... savage, man. I'm telling you, watch out for that guy. He looked really good. He looked way better than he did in his debut. Yeah, I, I think felt. he was a little bit nervous oh, in the yeah. debut. But Ishmael's a savage. Yeah. Like I think he's he's really good, the, the Austrian wonder boy. And that's a huge scalp for him straight off the bat there, Brady. Again, all European with Sean Brady being Irish, of course. I'm telling you, watch out for Brady, man. I'm telling you, this guy's you know a young lad as well. And Might get an L sneaky, sneaky Dublin shout, that he, lad. He's uh, definitely one to watch for the future, no doubt about it. No Family doubt. from Cabra, I believe. Yeah. Um, Church then. <laughs> <laughs> and Sean's but, a good lad. But uh, yeah, so will we go on to our third interview of the day? No. Uh, looking on to next weekend, it is Jack Cartwright, a man I've wanted to ask questions about for so long. He, he shot in to... Um, Just met his hair. I did. We, I was going to get to that. We shot it. He shot into the consciousness of European MMA when he showed up at that unplugged show in September last year and starched Scott Malone and Marco Kovacevic to to get the the title had just been vacated by Jack Shore. He <laughs> looked, a week's notice. He looked unbelievable, man. Oh, he was taking heads. And I, have you ever? He reminds me of Neil Siri. He scares the shit out of me. I I think I'll be very terrified. I told him that as well immediately. I was like, listen, Some I'm terrified. Smaller guys just scare the shit out of you. Yeah. Don't they? and he has that hair as well. So I mean, it's a wild card. I was like, definitely keep the hair though because it's unique. You need something unique. Why not let it be? Oh that? yeah, definitely. What's um, my new, what's my uniqueness, Pete? Dulcet tones, obviously. Come on, all right, okay. Hashtag yeah. dulcet tones. Here we go. The radio voice. <laughs> so everybody yeah everyone's like but Noel Jeezy sounds great doesn't he and I'm like what's that meant what are you trying to say about me <laughs> then they see me it's a different story <laughs> I just look like shit and sound like shit That's, uh, I keep stop. it real you're beautiful um, right look we'll get on to Jack um, I spoke to Jack about obviously his meteoric rise his first title defence how he wants to fight on that Belfast card in May thank you very much sign me up and, Sorry. of course, uh, Tyson Fury's win. He's a huge Tyson Fury fan. He lives only 10 miles away from Tyson Fury. He used to train with Huey Fury. So, uh, very interesting stuff from uh, Jack Cartwright, and we will be back shortly. And now we are joined by a man that I've been dying to speak to, a man who shot into our hearts and minds last September when he came in and he took out Scott Malone and Marco Kovacevic to claim the Cage Warriors bantamweight title for my money he's the most intimidating champion on all of cage warriors roster at the moment it is none other than jack cartwright jack how are you my friend yes uh, i'm good i'm good nice i'm I'm very good thank you yes i I, I have so many questions um i mean before this event uh, back in september the cage warriors unplugged event uh, they had that four man series for that vacant bantamweight title and to be honest You you were the least known guy that I'd heard of out of all those guys. I'd seen most of these guys fight for Cage Warriors titles before. You come in and you yeah. put Malone and Kovacevic out in one round to claim the title. How good did that feel? Um, yeah, man, it felt very good. It felt very good. Like you say, I was um, I was the least known and the least favoured going into the tournament, so um, it felt sweet to go out there and, and do it in such definitive fashion and just um, prove to prove myself to everybody who didn't already know what I was capable of. So yeah, it was great. Like the one thing I know was straight away, like your record said five and oh, but I was like, this guy has been fighting a lot longer than five and oh. Can you tell me about your background? I just feel like you're such a sophisticated striker. You've had to have done some striking before you came in there uh, into MMA. Um, yeah, I, was, I, um, I started doing martial arts when I was five. I started just like knocking about like a kickboxing gym when I was five. 
Um, but I, just just for fitness and like uh, just getting in shape. And I like I just like fighting, so I, I just jumped in there. And then I started wrestling when I was nine, um, and then really got the book for competing and started um, competing all over. Like I started competing internationally when I was ten. And um, wrestling, and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started wow. competing internationally when I was 10 years old. I went to Russia when I was 10 in my first international tournament. And then I wrestled until I was um, like 16, 17 years old. And like you just said, I've had boxed since I was 14 as well. So I've always been dabbling in, in martial arts. So like you said, I've, I've only had five professional fights, but um, I've got a big catalogue of um, martial arts behind me, really. That is incredible, man. I can't believe that wrestling would be your dominant skill set then, right? Be, if you've been doing it that long. And yeah. I'm looking at you like you're a striker because you're just knocking guys dead every time you touch them. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm a wrestler, man. I'm a wrestler. So That's insane. Started, I want to start yeah, I'm, I'm a wrestler, man, first and foremost. Uh, wrestling was like my first love in, uh, in, in martial arts. And uh, I'd obviously grew up loving boxing and like I'd stay up and watch all the fights. I idolised boxers growing up, and I loved having a scrap. I was always a scrapper. <laughs> but um, like, actual ref, actual like competition wise, I was a wrestler first, mate. Yeah, um, and then I just transitioned along the way to um, boxing and MMA. It's so rare to see people have that kind of impact on someone when they connect with a punch at your weight division uh, specifically. And that was one thing that that has just stuck with me. I've watched the, the Malone and Kovacevic fight so many times, man. I've just turned on that event and watched your two fights. I mean, do you feel that yeah. as well? Because that's what it looks like to me. Like when you when that right hand comes in, it's just like the lights go off. Yeah, I've always I've always been that way. You know what I mean? I've always been like I've always been heavy handed. I've always uh, it's like when I used to box, for instance, I was never when I first started. I weren't the most uh, I, I weren't I weren't the greatest boxer really. I weren't. I weren't too skilled, but like, I just had like I'd go out and I'd hit someone with the jab, and then you'd see the eyes widen up, even from a young age. I'd hit them with the jab, and they'd look at me and it's like, "What? What were that?" And then <laughs> that'd be it. Then for the rest of that, they'd just be on the on the skates, running around the ring, and I'd just be chasing after them. But as as I as I developed and as I grew up, I I um, I, I fine tuned my skill set, and I, I'm I'm actually a, a good boxer now, even though you'll see me swinging here and there. And but there's a method to the madness, so. Um, yeah, I just kind of um, I funnel people into where they don't want to go and then touch them and when I touch them they tend to fall over so that's normally <laughs> the game plan Yeah man, it, it's a joy to behold uh, if I wasn't already sold on you after that Unplugged event there was a moment and maybe people all don't point to this moment but I loved it it was a month later when Moya faced Bulan to be the guy who would go oh, on to face no, you, yeah. Moya Roya retires in the middle of the cage afterwards, and they I'm go to your face, and you're just like, I can't fucking believe. I don't know what you said, but I could read your lips, and, and I was just like, man, Jack Cartwright scares the shit out of me. And that was when I was like, I, I think this guy is going to be big. I heard him say my name, to be honest. All I heard him say, I heard him say my name. So I just I just told him that he'd get knocked back out, and then he came out the cage, and then I realised he just retired. <laughs> <laughs> it was great the way it just panned to you in that moment, and it lo you looked so pissed off. It was magic, man. I swear to God, whoever edited that piece of footage was it was absolutely magnificent. Oh, was funny. And were you pissed funny. off, like because obviously you were there to see who the next guy would be, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I, I wanted to fight in like I wanted to fight in the. Um, in like December and November time, I wanted to fight early like at the end at the end of last year. Mm. So I thought like the winner of that blue and the Maya fight, I thought that'd be perfect. Yeah. And then um, obviously after we'd come out of the cage and I'd realised that he'd retired, I, I was kind of left twiddling my thumbs then and waiting for the next best thing to come along. So that's what I've been doing. And then well, 
like gladly it ended up I've ended up falling on my feet really being able to go and fight in Manchester on the seventh. So I didn't mind really waiting when I got that opportunity, to be honest. Yeah, you know, we, we've had uh, Jack Shaw on this show a number of times and he, he yeah. of course, had a teammate on that uh, in that bracket, I believe, uh, Josh Reed, yeah. And um, even he kind of came on the podcast the, the weekend after you were crowned and he was like, this this guy is absolutely incredible. Um, he's like, you know, he's after shocking the whole UK and Irish scene with the way he performed and he was he, he expects huge things from you. We were speaking to Daniel Wood, also expects huge things from you. Obviously, both these guys are the last two lads to hold that belt you have. I mean... Yeah. You know, when you look at your record seven and oh now, the way you hit people, the fact that you're telling me you're actually a wrestler and <laughs> that's not your uh, boxing isn't your dominant yeah, skill set. <laughs> but, but do you are you now looking at the UFC? Are you are you thinking that's right on the horizon right now, Jack? Oh well, of, of course, yeah. Like, I, I, I got into the sport to be like, a UFC world champion. That's why I'm here. Do you know what I mean? So I'd, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't. But at the end of the day, I've got a fight. I've got a fight on the seventh panel, so I need to take care of business and. And, um, and 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 win, and then obviously there's um there's an island card. I know you're Irish, so that's what I want to be on. You know, what I mean, I want to get over there and give the Irish fans a good scrap in Ireland. So I want to dust this guy on the seventh of March and then see see the UFC come calling. But like you say, I, I need to just get this business done. Well, man, that that's incredible. I'm going to tell you, a lot of Irish people will be really, really happy to hear that. Now, just in terms of this Manchester card, you're from Bolton, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I'm from Bolton. So this is a nice, this is a nice journey for your 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 supporters, right? I mean, does it feel bigger that you're competing so close to home? Well, yeah, it does purely for the fact that they've not been to Manchester before, and all my teammates can get on the card, and like all my uh, like all the other Northern guys can come up here instead of having to travel down to London or go to Ireland or go to wherever. It's just in Manchester. There's a load of top gyms up here, so obviously if we go. We're putting on a good show, which I guarantee that we will do. They're going to come back, and then it's just going to be a perfect stage for everybody to be able to get them take where Manchester's um, shows in the future. So that's what I'm, I'm proud of. That you know what I mean? Like, say, I'm five and I'm seven and all now. I've, um, I've not had too many fights, too many professional MMA fights, but I'm, I'm dragging that show up to Manchester, and uh, it's going to stay there, and it's going to show like right hotbed for um, professional fighters. Yeah, and I know you're an SBG Manchester guy. Have you uh, have you always been under Inman, or, or did you get some time with Carl Tanswell, the great Tanswell, Carl Tanswell, who we've heard many people on this podcast uh, praise as a pioneer? Have, did you work with Carl at all? Yeah, yeah, I worked with Carl for a couple of years. Um, I was I trained under under Saul Rogers um, at Saul Rogers MMA. That's where I could train and coach out of, and then I trained um, my pro team. I trained under. Um, not in the night up at SBG Manchester for like the past three years, four years. Um, so yeah, I was with Carl and then obviously Carl passed away and Max took over and uh, now Max my head coach. So I'm just like flourishing up there with, with Matt. I can remember I spoke to Alex Unland about Matt and he was like, you know, Matt is literally exactly the same coach as Carl is. He's so dedicated. He's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Is, is that how you feel it as well? It's basically one guy passing the torch to another? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. He's just um, Matt's just he's given a lot to that gym. You know what I mean? He's, he's put a lot of time into all the guys. He's, he's put his own like he had, a, he, had a, he had his own career, and then he kind of just um, put that to the side and put all the team first. And, and he does everything for everyone. So I can thank him enough. Really, he's put a lot of time into me, and um, yeah, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for all the work that he's put into me down there. 
Yeah, absolutely, a legend of that scene. Um, can you tell me tell me how you're looking at your opponent here? I saw that great video Cage Warriors put out where they were showing you his yeah. striking training, and uh, to say you weren't so complimentary of the man is probably being very nice to him. But what what can you see about this guy? Um, I think he's a good fighter. Do you know what I mean? I've, I've said that he's a good. I've said, I've said before that he's, a, that he's a good fighter, but I, I, I'm just I work too hard to not be confident in myself. Do you know what I mean? I give up everything for this for this sport. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm just drafting all day long every day, so I, I'd be foolish if I weren't confident in myself. I, but I think that he's a tough fighter. I think he's skilled. I think he's good on the ground and he's good standing up. I think he's throw, when he throws a commit, which will get him into trouble with me. I think that his wrestling isn't good enough to compete with me, which I don't think anybody in the UK's wrestling is good enough to compete with me. Um, and his grappling is decent. My grappling is, is better than his grappling. Do you know what I mean? His grappling is um, okay. My grappling is good. <laughs> I say it's good. <laughs> it's good. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I think he's a good fighter, but I just think I'm better. I think I'm better than you. And if I, if I want to be a, a UFC world champion, which I fully intend on being, I should be beating Manuel Bilic. I, I wanted to ask you um, about the hair. Is, is this is a this is a yeah. thing that's caught on online? A lot of people talking about the hair when they see you uh, kind of in combat. It's a very unique look. Um, where did it come from? We, the, the rat's tail was a big thing in Dublin as well for for a long time. I'm just wondering, is this yeah. a way to bring it back? And have you always rocked it like that? No, I've always had it. I've always had it. And the, the annoying thing is, everybody asks me. There's literally no reason at all. There's no reason. There's no reason what I had. I've just had it my whole life. I've grown up with it. And I've just, ne- I've just never... Listen, I've said it once on one other interview, and I put it off. I put it off once when I was about seven years old. I've got a bladder infection. <laughs> I got a bladder infection, and I put it off. There you go, boom. It's never left me since then. It's always there. Well, I, I love it, man. A unique look goes a long way in MMA, so I think you should definitely keep it. Um, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll always keep it. I'll always, I'll always keep it. I don't even realise it's there. I literally, I'll, I'll look at like a video of myself or whatever, and it'll take me by surprise because I have to double check and see if it's me because I don't even remember I've got it on the back of my head. <laughs> Well, you see, I can't, I can't grow one now because everyone will say, oh, I'm jacking your style. But I would, if I had a yeah, scene exactly. it on the street, I'd take it off you immediately. But um, the, <laughs> another thing I saw you share uh, just uh, recently on Instagram, and I, I wanted to ask you about this. Um, because where you're from, um, I can tell you the ramifications of Tyson Fury's win in Ireland is huge. I can only imagine oh, yeah. how big it is in, in Bolton or Manchester. Um, what did you yeah. take from that, Jack? So close to your fight as well. Is, is this a source of inspiration or motivation for you seeing Fury put on this absolute masterclass in Vegas against Wilder? Oh, yeah, of course. It is, man. I, I love Tyson Fury. Man. I'm a massive fan. I always have been. Um, I grew up boxing with his cousin here. Um, we used to box at the same gym. We used to spar with each other. We, like, obviously, he's a heavyweight now, big deal, but he, he didn't used to be. Like, when we were 14 and that, we used to train and spar together all the time. Um, so I'd, I'd, not, I'd like, seen Tyson about and he was always like, he's a nice guy. And obviously, now he's you can clearly see he's the best heavyweight in the world. So getting to see him go over there and dust wilder like that, it just filled me full of pride, really. It filled me full of pride and made me, yeah, just anxious to get in there and, and just show what I'm made of and put a show on. What do you what do you like most about his style when you're when you're watching him boxing? If you don't mind me asking, Jack, because I love to hear a fighter's perspective. That that particular fight, the Wilder fight, yes. just in general. In general, I I don't mind. I've watched a fair few of his fights. Probably not as many as you, but in general, what what do you like about Fury's ability? 
he just he's he's very well rounded. You know what I mean? He's very very well rounded. He, 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 he can he can stick to a game plan and move around, switch stances, keep it long. He can win like that and box clean. He can make it ugly and tie people up, lean on them, whirl them out and beat them up that way. He can pressure people down like you just saw him beat the Wilder and fill him in. And his little half step back, his little, his little um, half step back makes him just miss, bam, bam, hits him with straight shots and punishes him. He's, just, he's, a, he's a full-fledged fighter. And like you say, when it gets ugly and dirty, and, uh, he can just make it rough and, and pull it out of the bag and get the win. So he's got that grit in him and that's what it resonates, you know what I mean? It makes you realise all you need to do is just believe in yourself. Just like grit your teeth and um, just, just, yeah, believe in yourself, man, and, and good things will happen. And, and that's what tends to happen to people and it's happened in my life, so I'm, I'm just going to keep it rolling. And it probably allows you to see the pathway. Clearly, this guy has, has grown up quite close to you, I'd imagine, and he's gone on to be, as you said, the, the greatest boxer in the world, one of only only three um, ring champions to win it twice, right? Like, I mean, th- does that kind of hit home yeah. for you that he, that it's so close yeah, he's think, gone and done it? I think it's just him and Ali. I think it's just him it twice, yeah. But, but, yeah, you're right. Like, he grew up, I think, like, less than 10 miles from me. You right. know what I mean? And it's like, there's loads of fighters like that. There was a time in Manchester where we had 10, 10, work, 10 boxing world champions all within 10 miles of where I live. You know what I mean? And so, it's, it's clear that there's a breeding ground for champions around here and I feel excited in that. I feel excited. I take great pride and belief in that and just knowing that you put that, that hard work in, you believe in yourself and you can go out there and get the result. Final question, Jack. Um, and believe me, this conversation has me thinking that we will see more champions uh, from that region in, in the future. But yeah. uh, what, what's your prediction for Billich? How do you see this one going? Is it going to be another clinical striking performance or are you going to showcase a bit of this grappling for us? Um, at the end of the day, I'm always going in there to, to maximise. So if you come and watch a new fight, the plan is always to go in there and knock somebody unconscious. That's that's my job at the end of the day. But I'm fully prepared to go in there and, and, and grind for 25 minutes. I, I will get there and do what it takes to win 100%. I put myself first. And I, I put my teammates first who grind with me every single day. And, and we go through hard sparring sessions and had um, grappling sessions every single day and that's not going to be for nothing. You know what I mean? I'm going, I'm going to go in there and get the win first and foremost. But hopefully, I'm going to go in there, hit him with a big shot and uh, send him packing. That's the plan. Well, you won't find me complaining if that's how it goes, Jack. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you, man, and I cannot wait to see how this unfolds. And I, I have my fingers and toes crossed that you'll be over on the Emerald Oil and I'll be able to meet you in person, my friend. Yeah, no worries, and I do as well. I can't wait to get over there, mate. Thanks a lot for having me. All the best, Jack. Nice one, buddy. And we have an action-packed weekend ahead of us. Um, Too course, much. <laughs> no, it's not. It's I'm lovely. Um, and, of course, Jack Cartwright will be on the top of that cage where he's one twelve card there in Manchester. First time they've ever been in Manchester. Uh, let's take a look at that card now, shall we? Um it is a very nice one. I'm very excited. There's lots of Irish interest as well for our folks back home. But um, starting off in that main event, Manuel Bilic, a good test for Jack Cartwright. I mean, he's a bit of an unknown quantity, Jack. But what what really stuck out to me in that interview is he's out there knocking people dead. And he feels like wrestling is his strongest skill set. He has competed well, scary all over the place. He's competed in Russia, I believe he said in the interview. 
Like, I mean... Because he was just going in there and literally taking the lads' heads off. Just right hand, bang, good luck, Michael. And when he was touching lads, like, you just see it straight away. Like, they're just like, their eyes are like, what <laughs> the like, fuck? What the fuck did I sign up for here? Wait, hang on. Does he have hair on the back of his head? <laughs> but, um, it's a... Uh, he's a very, very interesting guy. Um, I'm really into it. And I love the fact that he's already saying, if I win this, I want to fight in Belfast. Yeah. A double header in Belfast now. What, does, he wanna, does he want to fight everyone on the whole card? No, I, I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah. But uh, definitely looking forward to seeing him back in action. What about this welterweight co-main event? Yeah. It feels like Adam Proctor, for me, is a savage. Yeah. He's one of Alex Unlan's lad. He's a beast. Um, Matters Flaminas, I don't know a lot about him, but he's right up there at the top. But there's a welterweight title fight happening in Belfast yeah. now. I mean... It's a no-brainer. It's the winner of this fight, Reese. I don't think that's like rocket science to sort of work that out, but... Proctor uh, v McKee would be a fucking yeah, wild wouldn't fight. It? Oh and my I, god! I think the best thing here for Reese McKee is that they both just knock lumps out of each other. Um, <laughs> you know, from his point of view, um, he'll obviously be watching on with a keen eye in this one. And uh, yeah, it is. It's probably the fight to make. I don't think that's uh, we're a million miles away by saying that. Um, but yeah, it's a fight I'm very much looking forward to. It's a good card this weekend. It's some really solid stuff. And uh, yeah, McKee and Proctor would be tasty, eh, wouldn't it? It would indeed. Um, there's a lot going on here, as I just go between topology and the cage warriors like to realise what way the card's going. Martin Stapleton v Yasin Belhaj. Um, oh, Stapes, that's a course, tasty one. Uh, a legend of the UK scene at this stage. Belhaj only six and two, but um oh, he's fun to watch. He is indeed. Uh that's a very nice fight. What about Andy Townsend? James Webb back in action against Mick Stanton. I talked to uh, Chris Fields a bit about this. This is a big fight because Mick Stanton's been on a run yeah. at one eighty five since he's moved up. And I felt as though Stanton would be the next person to get a shot. To to fight Natoyas. Um so I feel like James is putting himself right back in there. Well it's a big one for James as well, see how he's gonna bounce back, you know, after after losing that title and um it's a huge, huge moment in his career, I feel. Absolutely. Um Let's just have a look at the, the card here again. Excuse me. Scott so, Malone, obviously, and Adam Wilson. Scott Malone was taken out in the first round yeah. by Cartwright. That's another man who could put himself in the hat. Liam Gittins uh, from Liverpool, I believe, against Jonas Magard at Bantamweight in the pro prelims as well there. Could be... Like, I think Gettins is, is a future yeah, title yeah. Ch- challenger without a doubt, so that's interesting to see. Um, Tom Mearns, in action against Stephen Hooper, following his uh, late withdrawal from Bellator Dublin, uh, could not secure... Um, GP's clearance to say he can oh, lose the weight shame, to make yeah. featherweight he's back at lightweight here which is good Aaron Maguire from Cork um, I don't know if he's actually been has he been matched let me just check yes against uh, Jabid Rahman uh, 2-0 and so that's a nice fight for Aaron um, very very big stakes there you'd imagine um, and we also have James Sheehan back uh, yeah yeah. Andy Ryan's blue that. chipper of course we remember uh, James Sheehan and Ian Gary had an epic fight uh, in both of their debuts an unbelievable fight we were crying about them even being a match at the time but Jesus yeah. Christ it was a great showcase for what we have has he fought since then no I don't think so no I don't think he has um, so it will be interesting to yeah. see him coming back Definitely. from that obviously a lot of a lot of damage taken in that fight uh, without a doubt and Paul Hughes there as well Hughes Hughes you know look look at the amount of Irish fighters here with that Belfast card on like I mean Shelby's fighting as well isn't he is that the week after? He's in London. He's right, fighting okay. in London. Sorry, I got that airways. Um, but Paul Hughes, James Sheehan, um, obviously James Webb, we've taken him on as one of our own <laughs> too. Um, a huge, huge fight there. A lot of huge fights in terms of Irish interest. Um, let's have a look at UFC 248, though. That's the big one. Um, it is. Yal Romero and Israel Adesanya. I don't want to fight you all. He's a scary man. <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling that's going to happen because he keeps saying it. Yeah. <laughs> Like I, I want to face anyone, but 
anyone would say Yoel Ariel Ariel <laughs> and uh, yeah hopefully we'll be speaking to Darren soon about these things uh, Darren Darren Jesus trying to get Darren on a he's accepted phone, about man. 15 interviews we just yeah, never got them yeah I, I think he, he, he agreed to six with me last week alone oh he was doing the show this week as well um, <laughs> I think he's winding us up at this stage yeah. uh, Israel V Yoel how interested are you in this I love it Man, I can't call it. I think it's it's one of those ones where you're just going, literally, give me a coin, flip it, see what's going to happen. It's a dangerous, dangerous one for Izzy, and I'm. I, you have to give him credit for just loving this fight and really, pu- he really pushed for this fight. Well, he's like, I'm going to have to fight this dude eventually because yeah. he's not going away. Like, yeah. I love that. And did you see? Uh, we've talked about it an awful lot. Do you ever see uh, Jose Youngs when he asked? Uh, I don't know who he is. Sorry, uh, uh, sorry, a fellow I work with. Okay, uh, he asked. <laughs> he asked Jorge Masvidal about this fight. And the way Masvidal pitched it was absolutely unbelievable. Like, he loves Israel. And obviously, great friends with Yoel. And he was like, I just love the fact that this kid wants to yeah. fight Yoel. He's a, he's a nightmare. But the thing about Yoel, right? Why does, he, why does he wrestle? Like, he's that's an unbelievable wrestler. Like, and obviously, that's where he's going to have a huge advantage over, over Stoyles. It's like, is he actually going to wrestle this time? Yeah, you, you you never know what you're going to get from is from Yoel in a fight like. We were interviewing Hermanson last time. He's like, I think I'm a better test uh, of of how good uh, his takedown defense is because at least I'll shoot a takedown, right? He's like, of course Yoel's a better wrestler, but he never really shoots. Yeah, you just don't know what you're going to get, and uh, I, I think this is the only way he wins this fight is by using his wrestling, being that gritty, grindy style. Gritty, but, grindy, your favorite phrase. Yeah, it is my favorite <laughs> phrase. But that's that, that's pretty much. The way I see it going, but again... He can also explode like he yeah. did against Chris Weidman. With that knee. Fucking hell. Like, so mean. it's going to be interesting to see what you know approach Izzy goes in with as well. Like, Is he going to be more cautious? Um, I can see this just being a fucking wild fight. I think we're going to see something really Could be for the year. Like, yeah, it's one of those. I think the, the co-man could be for the year as well. Yo's going to miss weight though. Ah, I just cursed that. it. Uh, Wiley Zhang against Joanna and Jacek. Are we going to have a, a title come home? It's a tricky fight, man. Is there any European champions? Yes. Habib, Habib Nurmagomedov. Is that it? That is it, isn't it? Jesus Christ. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko. Oh, sorry, sorry, shit. Like, okay, I'll just shut up. I won't say this else. is crazy talk. I can't believe <laughs> you, you didn't remember Valentina of all people. My God. Um, yeah, listen, man. I love this fight. Um, Stipe Miocic is from Croatia. Yeah, that's true. We've got loads of champions, man. It's just you have to open your mind a little bit. <laughs> We'd what? How many Irish guys in the show this week? All our well, three Irish guys. None, none UFC champions yet. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I love, I love Joanna. I think it's great she's back in there. But you know, again, Wiley Zhang. Remember when we had Joanna on the show and she's like, "Look at her guns, man!" Like yeah. she's even like, "What the fuck yeah, is going on it's, here?" It's like she's just impressed me so much. Um, oh, like, she's unbelievable. Ha- have we seen her do anything bad? Um, Nothing. No. It's actually been. Her, her tenure in the UFC has been near enough perfection. Our uh, our own. The only thing I will say about this: the camp has had issues because of the amount of moving yeah. around they've had to do due she, to the coronavirus. She, she saw it like two weeks, three weeks ago to Vegas. Yeah, Guilherme was covering it all. I mean, it felt like there was a lot of updates. Yeah. There was a lot of chopping and changing. Yeah. Like, I mean, that stuff affects her. There's no doubt about it. Like, I mean, uh, like obviously she's she's been able to settle in, um, and I believe her coaches did get their visa sorted out and all that stuff. But it still sounded like a couple of weeks back. It sounded like it was a bit of a clusterfuck. Yeah, 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 and I know. Um, the leech, I think, had similar problems as well. He's he's, he's also Neil farting on the same car. Way, that's yeah. a really good fight. Um, yeah, that's going to be unsettling. But you know, she's she's a professional. She's 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 she looks like a constant. She just looks like an absolute savage. And I think this is going to be a very very tough task for Joanna to go out there and 
cause an upset. And you don't often say that when Joanna's fighting, that she's going in as underdog, and I think she is this week. And uh, I, I'm just interested in Joanna's mindset as well. She seems to have chilled out a little bit, altered. I think, you know, her, her ego took a bit of a bashing when she lost to Rose. Boy, like, this is the thing we always say about it. People give her such a hard time, but she's so interesting. Like, I mean, she's, she's so captivating, you know? Like, I mean... She's one of my favourite fighters to speak to. She makes things more exciting. Yeah. Like, I mean, who who else could you put in at 115 against Wiley Zhang that would make us care this much? Like No one. Absolutely no one. No one. Wiley Zhang needs this fight more than Joanna does. If, yeah. for, the, for the stock she can build off, oh, of, yeah. off a win off Joanna. Oh, yeah. And has, he, as you said there, Joanna intrigues you. She makes you want to chin in and watch her fights because she's such an intriguing figure and a character. And she I, wears like, great runners. Yeah, and she's cool. Yeah. I, you know, I know she says she obviously got criticised for that post um, about the coronavirus, but listen... We I, all I make don't, mistakes. I, I don't think it was... Um, she yeah, didn't make her, the post here. She was resharing. Yeah, I don't think it was meant to offend anyone. Understand that it did. Obviously, yeah. like you know, Jesus, the situation has gone amplified yeah. beyond belief now of at course. this stage. Uh, we've even got cases in Ireland at the moment. It's just one of those things. Um, yeah, uh, further down the card, um, we have Ireland's Sean O'Malley coming back against Jose He's Alberto back, yeah. Quinones. Um, Savage. Look, man, I really like that Italian Wood fight. They both talked about it. If he gets through um, Quinones, which I expect him to, even though he's been off for quite a while, make that fight. No. Because Vera's, Vera's matched again. He's fighting Wineland or someone. Like, I mean, that was a fight to make several times over at this stage. Do you think so? Uh, Vera and, and Nathaniel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vera and Nathaniel, yeah. You just don't, like, you'd be of the classical thinking, don't put two prospects. Just at the moment. Yeah, let okay, them, Let them settle. Uh, you know, get, get get Wood back in the wheel column. Um this is a big test for Sean O'Malley. He's been out for quite some time, man. And I think that's the test. I think the test is how how can he perform? Yeah. Back. Like if if, if you would have Quinones, tough man. He is, but if you would have matched Quinones with O'Malley and he like had he never had this ban and stuff, and it just came off after his last fight, I would have happily. Oh yeah. Backed on. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think the the big differential here is is the time off. Yeah, absolutely. And bouncing back and, and see how it's affected him and see if he can go in there and, and you know it, I think for Sean as well because of the the hype around him, it's about putting in a performance, man. It's not just about winning anymore for Sean. There's a lot of eyes on this kid. Yeah, and like I mean, I, I feel I feel like he's been very hard done by um, a guy who seemed to have yeah. his whole career at his feet. It seemed like it was just about the launch, and then obviously this Usada situation. Kind of messed that up, yeah, bro. Did but uh, listen, another guy that's intriguing. People want to tune in to to see him fight, and we need guys like that in the UFC. It's very, very important. And I think we forget sometimes that you know the UFC potentially don't do a great job in promoting their lot of fighters. And I think Sean is one of these guys that you know they're obviously clearly getting behind, and it's it's good to see it because we need the UFC to sort of spread the wealth. I think in their with their marketing prowess. Uh, another European Saperbeg Saparov has a big big test on his hands against Rudolfo Vieira one of the great jiu-jitsu players of all time is he better than you? come on mate yeah come silly on. question <laughs> but um, he is uh, he's now he came off that win remember Pachota in his debut yeah. arm triangle really really lethal Oscar Pachota yeah and um, look Saperbeg Saparov is there I expect Vieira to be able to to get through him to be completely honest it's Saberbeck is coming down from 205 to 185 so that could be a bit interesting but I expect the grappling strength of Rodolfo to be on a different level completely speaking of grappling strength we also have Mark O. Madsen the great Olympian taking on Austin Hubbard uh, he'll put on his no, his 9-0 record on the line um, and yeah it's it's looking good for Mark O. so far um, I think he's spending a lot of time in Vegas at the moment Um 
I believe he is one of uh, managed by Ali now as well. Probably who yeah. isn't? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And Darren Wynn uh, returns just after the this loss to Darren Stewart against uh, Gerald Marshart. That should be actually a tasty fight there to open the card. Not a lot of European action, but I will end it by asking you for some predictions now. Okay. Israel Adesanya of Yoel Romero. How does it end? Who wins? On you. How does it happen? Five round war. He Decision. just grinds it out, edges it, or does he whitewash him? No, Izzy'll come back strong in the fourth and fifth, but ultimately Yoel will walk away to victory. And will it be the thing that everyone's crying about on Sunday yes. morning? <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> they need something. We, we can't go a week without it. It'll be a split. Deci- <gasps> be a split decision. The judges will get it wrong in every scorecard, but somehow fire them. everyone in the UFC. Yeah, that's what we'll be talking about in Sunday. There'll no doubt it'd be be some controversy. I'm going with my boy Izzy. Um, I wouldn't be listen. I can't. I actually. Can't oh, it's a call, close I can't fight. call it. I can't. But call I'm just it. doing it. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, fuck it. Why I not? think he's going to stop him with trikes in the third round. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised in that either at all. Because his his volume is unbelievable. Oh, is his um. And he seems to be a lot better at wrestling defense than people give him credit for. Even though, again, we're kind of wondering, will Yoel actually test yeah. that area? Because it, it seems... He doesn't seem too transfixed he on the ne- takedown. Yoel never does what we expect him to do. Yeah, He'll do something fucking mad. He'll jump over the cage or something, leap. Yeah. It reminds me of like Blanco. Do you remember Blanco from Street Fighter? He's that yeah, sort of, it's just wild energy. Yeah, absolutely. Just a, just a lunatic. Um, All right, comment event. Willie Zhang versus Joanna. Who wins and how'd you get it done? I think Yoeli finishes Joanna within three. What, how did she finish her? Uh, ground and pound. Oh. <coughs> she'll drop her with a left hook. She'll go, attempt a submission, but then she'll fall off, and then she'll just slap her in the face. That's and... <laughs> <laughs> one. There you go. Put your money on slap to the face, ending the fight. Um, I'm going Joanna decision, Ooh. and our jab is going to light the night up. It's a good call. That's what I believe is going to happen. When you look at the way Joanna fought Jessica Andrade, that is a masterclass. Yeah. Jabbed the face off that Brazilian girl. She did. Um, but she's going to have to avoid that power of Wiley Zhang. But I do feel, even though Zhang took care of business against Andrade, I feel Andrade is the bigger one-shot power between her and Zhang. I just think the air of invincibility has gone from Joanna. And she's going to remind us all why. Yeah, no, I'd listen. I, I would not be surprised, but you just maybe you just don't feel as though she's where she used to be maybe in her career. Mm, harsh words for a European legend. One of the greats of all time. She is, don't. That's that's not in question. Don't get it twisted, Noel. You're all day long here, I hope. Um, but um, look, we have an interview with Chris Fields. Um, he has a return. <laughs> There's a lot of interviews Isn't this there? week. He has a return bout um, in April 18th. He's done a few interviews so far, but I feel like we tickled a bit more out of him today than maybe has been put out there so far. Of course, this whole thing popped up after UFC Dublin was announced. Shortly thereafter, Chris is announced for a comeback fight. Carl Pendrell's online saying, wouldn't that be amazing? Chris Fields, a retirement bout. Yeah, you said it. In the uh, in the three arena. So You called it in fairness a few weeks ago. You said it to me before it even happened. I thought it was a nice idea. But then when I saw the interviews, I you didn't really talk about it. So I was like, oh, maybe he's not going to talk about but it. And then, does. boom. I arrived in swords today just before I got down here. And he hit me with the hot facts. Swords. 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 It's like a little drop of the south side on the north side. Ah, it's a shithole. Don't, <laughs> don't even, don't even try. Did you hear that, Fieldsy? To brush it over, yeah, yeah. Did you hear no that, Fieldsy? El Storco Blanco. El Storco. Um, look, we'll go to this interview with Chris Fields. He graciously sat down and let me be in his company for 15 minutes today. Poor bastard. What a, what a gentleman. Um, and we'll be back after that to talk shite until the podcast ends. You've been asking me to get him on, and he is back once again. 
Not in the host realm this time, though. He's a, a guest, of course. Chris Fields, the legendary Irish MMA, a former former Cage Warriors middleweight champion, making his long away return to the banner on April 18th. This has all come out of left field to a certain degree, but Jesus Christ, that was some reaction, Chris. Uh, did that blow you away a bit? Like, I mean, uh, you know, you're still an active fighter, but just the announcement that you're coming back to Cage Warriors, everyone, um, you know, huge, huge online, huge, huge online traction for it. Did you Did you expect that? And uh, no, <laughs> uh, I I don't know what the like. I just kind of glide through my life thinking I like fighting, so I'll fight, <laughs> and I don't really think people take too much notice. Um, and it's kind of yeah. It was I was actually saying it to uh, like a good few of my mates. I was like, it's a bit mad, isn't it? <laughs> like people actually like watching you what you do. Like like watching me do what I do is cool to me, but I never really look at it that way. The lads kind of slag me here because I just don't really see it that way. When I hear like. I don't know, like like stupid terms like legend or pioneer and all this fucking shit. Like I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean. I'm just, I'm just some lad who like likes kicking and punching the lads in the face while they like, yeah, yeah. It's like we've had this discussion before. To me, like it's like you're selling your body. It's prostitution, kind of. Like I'm selling my body for people's entertainment. You know what I mean? Like, but but I I love doing it. I'm sure most prostitutes don't love doing it. But like I love doing what I do. And uh, I yeah uh, yeah I just kind of. It amazes me that people like seeing me do it, but it's cool. I like it a lot. You with Cage Warriors, I mean, <clears throat> I feel like you've made uh, like a, a big kind of commitment to Cage Warriors as a coach with your guys. James, of course, former middleweight champion. Uh, he's taking on Mick Stanton this weekend. Um, and, of course, Ian Gary now is, is the talk of the, the, the town in Ireland. Like, you know, he really is the talk of the parish. Um, what, what convinced you to go back to Cage Warriors? I feel like that would have been on the table for a long time, but, I mean, what what prompted it at this moment well realistically like uh, my my aim was always to kind of have uh my last fight or two with cage warriors that was always what i wanted to do um I w- like it would have felt like home to me cage warriors always has they've always been very good to me uh the, the yellow gloves feel right for me you know uh and then realistically like um <laughs> Kind of, I don't really, I, I didn't know whether I was going to have this conversation now, but I'm going to, I'll tell people what the plan is. So the, the plan is basically to uh, fight in April, get a win, and then push for the UFC in August. So, Well, that was a big one, because uh, that was obviously going to be my next question, <laughs> because Carl Vendred uh, tweeted this, and it went crazy as well. When he when Basically, the UFC Dublin announcement came out, he says, wouldn't it be great to have Chris Fields on this card? Because, let's be honest, you were the guy out of everyone that we everyone thought was really going to be there. You know, everyone thought that you were going to be in that mix. And I felt like for ages we were nearly counting down to it, right? It was like every time you fought, oh, if he wins this, yeah. you know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's, it did, it really felt like that. You were definitely the most prominent name that didn't kind of get to where the, the Black Gloves go to the Octagon, etc. After your, after your journey with Tough. But I mean, this all came afterwards, right? This announcement and stuff. Like, have you talked to Graham Boylan and said, like, this is, this is the goal? Like, I mean, that light heavyweight title's vacant. There's a lot of moving parts here. Yes, so my, like my my, I spoke to Graham. Yeah, I spoke to Graham, and I told him what I wanted to do. He was, he was supportive of the whole thing, always has been, to be honest. Um, so my plan will be fight April, push for the UFC in August. If that's not coming about, then fight for the uh, Cage Warriors title. Uh, but my overall plan will be fight April, push the UFC in August. If I get it, then I'm just I'm gonna leave my gloves in there on on in in August and be done with it. Like that's it for me. That adds a lot of interest, right? Like, I mean, in terms of when you look at the, the UFC coming to Dublin, 
you need local storylines. We've always had local storylines on these cards. Um, you know, even as far back as Tom Egan, it, the first Irish guy to fight in the Octagon, it was there. The second one, obviously, is Connor's debut. Then you had Paddy getting rushed into the, the main event last second last time. This one doesn't seem to have as many available storylines, right? The only thing that people are really focused on at the moment is Reese McKee. If he wins the title, he's there. Whereas if you have this guy that's a pioneer of the sport here, without a doubt, a former, like, you know, well-established name in Europe, he's going in and he could be potentially fighting his last fight in the Octagon. I mean, that makes a lot of sense, right? Like, I mean, that, that would be that would be a huge, huge attraction for Irish fans especially. Yeah, like, like I said, I don't really... No, say you're great, go on. <laughs> I, like, for me, that would be, like, a kind of nice end to the story. If it doesn't come about, well, then it'll be uh, the Cage Warriors title and leave the gloves down after that one. Um, but, uh, like, it'd be a, a fairly special moment for me to be finding the UFC, and I think, uh, you know, I get to make it all about me then, and not a dry eye in the house. And <laughs> or chair. <laughs> Is this like I mean, um, has Graham? Does Graham think this is a possibility? Obviously, Graham has brought ninety-five fighters to the UFC, so I mean, I, I'd say he have a good idea if this is something that would uh, whet the UFC's appetite. Yeah, you know, I just kind of told him what the plan is. So, like this, the first part of the plan is April. So, uh, like, like we've said a lot of times before, it's like Crystal's this one, you know. <laughs> so, I, I really like. I, I hope I'm not falling into this uh, trap again. But to be honest, like. Uh, like you know, he he likes the storyline. I, I think everyone kind of likes the storyline and the narrative that I've spoke to. Uh, it, it, to be fair, it was Carl's idea. Like he he messaged me about. It. He's like, dude, you should do that. Like I'm finish up on that. You know, um, I've been kind of like eyeing the exit for a while, uh, trying to figure out how to do it. And I, I felt recently like that it was just starting to get away from me, as in it wasn't going to be in my control. It was just going to happen. And I was like, shit, this is a bit mad. I'm going to end up like just not having a fight. And then it's all over. And then I'm like, shit. And then I'll be some fucking weird fucker in, in my 40s. <laughs> so so I just kind of want to do it on my own terms. And I, I, I just feel like either of those situations, whether it was UFC or the, the, the Cage Warriors title, then just leave my gloves down and just be done with it on my own terms. I think it'd be, it'd kind of put it, uh, like a nice full stop on it for me. And then uh, I think for everyone, it kind of just goes like, that's, that's it. Then. You know what I mean? It sounds to me you're saying like 2020 is your last year of competition, whatever way you're looking at it. Like, I mean, are you putting years on it or are you putting like uh, fights on it? Like, I'm done by September either way. So uh, my plan will be like either of those two things. But it, like to be honest, if you look at my team, it's it's getting harder and harder to, <laughs> you know, balance everything. I've got a, a family as well. So I'm, I'm just trying to like kind of do it on my terms, uh, which is difficult enough. But um I'm lucky. the The other side of that with the team is that I, I've literally created my own training partners. Yeah, yeah. So like, uh, uh, <laughs> sometimes to my own demise. But <laughs> yeah, uh, so I have like all the guys around me that I need. I have you know, and then of the likes of Colin will come in to help me. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a yeah. That that's kind of like it has to end at some point, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? I I don't. I never thought I was going to be the type of guy to actually say I was done. But like, I feel like if if that storyline played out. I think I don't think there's any better way to do it. Stop, stop. Yeah, without a doubt. Like and and, you know, you you said to me for a long time this coaching thing. I can remember when you opened this gym first. You were like, "Geez, I really like this." You know, I can really see this being me. Is that what it is? Like, it's just you know that look, Ian Gary, as you said, James Webb already a cage warrior champion. Like these guys already have names. You're, this gym isn't open in a long time. Like, is that what kind of the success? The obviously you've got great numbers here as well. Is that that's kind of underlying the reason for you? I need to commit more to to coaching. 
yeah, you know, and it's it's hard to juggle both things and do them right, you know. So, uh, like, the guys kind of, I've filled the lads in on my plan, so they know it. So, like, it's not like I'm surprising anyone with anything. And so, like, they'll be willing to kind of bend a little till that's over, you know, that kind of way. But you can't be, like, you can't be putting other lads on the like on the back burner while you're getting ready for your own fights all the time. So they know how this one's going to play out. I've timed it well. The April card, uh, none of my guys are going to be on it. So it's it's my own thing, you know. Um, so I can just go over with my team and go and fight and concentrate myself. Uh, and then whatever happens after that, then and then just that, like I can just pour all my focus into them. I feel like uh, I've been. That's what was kind of happening anyway the last while, and that's what I was saying. It was starting to just get away from me a little bit, like and. You know, <clears throat> I think there's like, like you know, someday, sometime you have to call off. But uh, like, I think it has to, like things have to be on your own terms, or there's always that that little bite in you. You know, kind of. It's all look, like I'm always gonna want to fight. I love fighting. I do, and I don't. I don't look at it as prize fighting. I look at it as sport. Like I love the sport of. It. I love competing and contesting with other people. And I get the other side. I get the money making side. No, it's just never been my big goal in it. You know, never been about that. Like so. What's it like having like people talking about the likes of Ian and uh, UFC Dublin? Like his name was like one of the most prominent names that's being talked about already. He's just three and zero in his career so far. Is that a bit overwhelming at all when you think of how how quickly everything's happening? Like we have been, we literally predicted this. When like this guy was an amateur, I was like when this guy, when, like you you were telling me when this guy goes pro, it's gonna go off into the stratosphere straight away, and it really has. It feels like you're nearly holding the guy back. You know, it's like Jesus, I want I want to calm you down here before you you take off. It, like I mean. How does that feel to you? Like, is that a realistic goal right now, or is that something you don't really want on Ian's mind at the moment? Um, you know, he's got he's got fights coming up, so he has to deal with them first. I think, um, I think, like for me, and you know, I've discussed this with Ian, so it's not anything like we haven't had a conversation about. I think it's early, like very early for him, like uh, you know, this time next year, like March, like the London card that they do every year, that'd be almost ideal, you know, or even a little bit later. Now. He's very young. He's fantastic, and you know, I, I like the the thing is for him, like he's not in the same boat as someone like me. And he's going to be there. I think anyone can see that. You know what I mean? Even if he picks up a loss, as like at this level, like and then comes and gets a few moments, he's definitely going to be there. You can see it in the kid. Like he has that je ne sais quoi, as they say. You know, uh, uh, but I just. Yeah, I, like it'd be very early, and I look at people that have done it right, and the, the the Jack Shores and all these kind of people, and that that's kind of the road I see. Like you know, I see that's where you see him with the belt and getting that promotional power put behind him. Because like when Jack and Nathaniel went, like just for example, two guys have gone from the cage wars to UFC. They were established brands nearly before they went in. Is that the way you see it with him? Yeah, and I also think like I don't I don't want him to just find UFC. He's not again. It's not like me. I want him to be a UFC champion, and I think that's. Uh, very possible for him, you know that kind of way. So, I think that's that's the road for him. So, I think putting some co- kid in just because like the name, you know, and you go, oh, do you see? He has to. It could be detrimental, and you, like you've seen it as well. Amazing fighters, maybe pick up a loss. You see, cut them. They're just never the same again. You know, the, the road seems hard to get back. You know that kind of way. So, I just think like I'm gonna be smart with that kid and play it now. He's a grown man, so his decisions are his own. But my advice would always be that, like, uh, erring the side of caution. Like. You've you've been saying this about Webby as well. You've been sure to be throwing his name in the hat in every time you see even the media guys talking about who could potentially be there. Obviously, he's got great links to this gym, great links to Ireland. Um, he's obviously fighting this weekend against Mick Stanton. That's a fight that, like, I expected Mick Stanton to be fighting for the title if it wasn't James. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, is that really what do you see? This is another basically another title attempt could come on the back of this. Yeah. Um. 
I'd kind of le- like to keep James uh, fighting the three rounders for a while. He's been doing the five round thing a bit, and um, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I, I, he, like, he's a crazy hard worker. He's ridiculous. Uh, like, it's humbling sometimes how much he puts in uh, for everyone. But I, I think, like, like he beats maybe he has two or three. Oh, he could easily be on that card in Dublin. Like, that'd be fucking cool sharing it with him. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, but uh, he could easily be on that card. You know, um, he, uh, he's it like if he. It's more about the performances now for James. He needs a couple of big performances. You know, he knows that too. Like go in there, and and that's the way he's feeling. That's the way he's training. So, expect like sexy violence at the weekend. <laughs> so imagine you're going over here, um, you know, obviously the corner, James, and you're going to be seeing Graham Boylan there, and I'm saying there's going to be a bit of talk about the potential opponent you can face in six weeks' time or whatever it is. Um, we know that Ian Dean is, uh, me and you agree on this, I think he's the best matchmaker in the world, to be honest. Um, when you when you see what he's done with this focused area, UK and Ireland, I think it's unparalleled. But the thing really, I guess, I, I know you've already fought these guys, but I mean, I guess the thing, if you're like uh, in James' situation or in Ian's, they always kind of want to see up against like an established name or, or like a, a former UFC fighter or something like that. Uh, is that ideally what you'd be looking for here if Ian Dean could manage it? Yeah, yeah, look, I'll let I'll let them decide. <laughs> some some uh, some uh, bouncer from down the road that has a cold would be great. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, look, you know me. I always want to be fighting the good guys. So like, whatever they come up with, I'll, I'll go. I'm just following their lead. Like, uh, I I've never really in my whole career I've never like picked an opponent. I get offered someone, I say yes. <laughs> Generally, don't even look at them. I just go yeah, and then figure it out after that. You know, I I kind of I I weirdly. It's it's weird because I'm so different with my own guys. I'd like be stu- like no one on my team is allowed to like speak to promoters. They come through me. Everything comes through me. I study all their opponents before we make any agreements. My, me, they send the name. I'm like, yep. Because <laughs> I just look at it. I still look at it as we're out on the road somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if some lad walked up and shouted at me or something. You know what? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Because professional fighter Chris Field. I know, and it, it's how I am. Like how it's weird how I am with all my other guys and how kind of controlling I am. And then with me, I'm like, whatever the fuck, let's go. Uh, but I think that's part of the fun for me. You know, and it's always been part of the fun. The, the madness of the whole fucking. It's a mad. It's a mad sport. It's a fucking mad sport. Do you have an ideal in your head? Like, is there any ideal opponent for the cage warriors? Uh, no, like, like I said, I, I, to be honest, I'm trying to think of the like heavyweight. It's not mad tick, is it? Like, there's not too many floating about. So I'll see who they come up with, and we'll just go from there. I'll make sure you're the first to know. Though, I promise. I promise. <laughs> I won't do you dirty. <laughs> if you get the win, is there an ideal opponent for a UFC Dublin show? Because I mean, I liked Carl's suggestion of Paul Craig because that was that fight is like. Years, it got history. Paul's has, has established himself in the UFC. He's he's got an even record. I think that's the main issue, though, that Paul's established himself in the UFC. So, like, I I don't like like as much as there is history there. I don't really hold a place to be calling someone out that's yeah. uh, like fighting, you know, that long in the, in the promotion, and he's like just taking a draw of Shogun, like some like. You know me, man. I'm not one of those guys. Like, but so you're calling out Shogun. <laughs> yeah, I'd definitely do that fight, man. Holy God, that'd be a dream come true. Anderson at 205. <laughs> just keep the face on me, man. It's grand. It's like a snuff movie. Just do it. Just snap. Just keep me in the face, please. Uh, yeah, um, it's not a full fetish, on. I just want to keep in the face. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, um, he, he, the the former Cage Warriors, like heavyweight champion Modestus, has just signed to them. He's fighting in London. Like that, that could be a possible one. Like, you know, something like that. Uh, as much as I like Carl's uh, idea. 
I think Paul may have just passed on, you know, yeah. that kind of way. And I don't know, like, I'm not going to have a bunch of fights in a promotion. So, yeah. but yeah, like, you know, me, man, if it was a possibility, we're definitely going to do it. But yeah. How happy is Laura going to be about all this? Because, uh, you know, she's been a rock for you the whole time here. Like, and this is, as you say, you know, this is going to be your last year. Like, is that a, will that be a great sense of relief? Um, or will that be, you know, emotional moment for you guys as a family when you, when you eventually do hang it up? Or is it going to be a classic MMA retirement? Are you going to be out of retirement two months later? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, to be honest, Laura is more stoked about me trying this than like like she's she's kind of a lot of times she's the driving force. She loves like she doesn't love me fighting. She loves uh, me doing what I love doing. You know, and she would have been someone saying to me like you know, you need to finish it out in your terms and all that kind of stuff because she knows me, so she doesn't want some bitter old bastard for the rest of her life. <laughs> you know what I mean? That could definitely like, happen. Oh, 100%. <laughs> like, you know, if I'd have just let it run, if I'd have just let it run and then, like, I was like, oh, shit, now I'm 43. I can't do this anymore, you know? I'd be, like, fucking pissed off, midlife crisis, grow the ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> Collect snakes. <laughs> Go, going around in the uh, Mazda, is it an MX-5? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trying to chat up 19-year-olds, you know what I mean? Like a fucking loser. Oh, sorry, I probably offended a bunch of you. You've offended my life. <laughs> but uh, Chris, it's an absolute pleasure. And this is a great story. I really hope... Uh, I, I think it's going to be an adventure over a few months here, which I, which I like. It's, it's like the re-story in a way where it's going to add a lot of interest to this Cage Warriors show too, having you back and then having that story off the back of it. So uh, I really can't wait to see it. And I hope it goes according to plan because it would be a fitting way to uh, finish off the career, I feel. Uh, I think a lot of Irish fans will agree with me. Yeah, uh, well, uh, like, it's me, so chances of going to plan are pretty fucking slim. But, uh, yeah, uh, look, best laid plans of mice and men and all that shit. We give it a shot and we see if it plays out. And hopefully I'm kicking some dude in the face in, uh, in uh, well, what do we even call it now? Is it the tree arena now, is it? <laughs> I can't believe you of all people have said that. You, the, the point. That's why I used to write back to articles I'd written for publications. It's not the tree arena, you dope. I'm like, all right. Yeah, so I hope I'm kicking some lad in the face in the point theater in August. But if not, sure. I did it my way. <laughs> Absolutely, Chris. Pleasure, man. Thank you. Are you boiling or are you selling it right there, Noel? I don't know what you're talking about. Are you buying it or are you selling it? I don't sell anything. But are you buying the fields? Oh, Cage that. Warriors. Yeah. Well, what else would we talk about? Well, we about? need local interest. We need... It's a great local story. story. Um, hopefully the UFC hear this. Um, oh, you know they listen. <laughs> yeah, all right, Sean. How you doing, man? Hey, Sean. Hey, Mick. Don't hey, be ringing hey, me that late. Yeah, stop ringing us. Um, yeah, I love it. I think it's something we need. We need more stories. We need more narratives like that. And what a fitting way to uh, an Irish legend of, of mixed martial arts to, to go out on his shield in Dublin on August 15th. Um, incredible like, story. Like, it's funny with Chris. Like, he's always like, that announcement went wild the other day when it, when it, it, it yeah. was come back. And he's like, talking to me today he's like I didn't really expect yeah. any of this to happen like I put his name in everyone the, was covering it it wasn't like all the today main FM news talk yeah. everyone everyone was running articles yeah. on this in Ireland I mean that's a lot of interest to generate like he's an established name in Ireland yeah. like I mean as you know he pops into off the ball the news time, talk yeah. and, and kind of lends himself to stuff like that he was obviously um, featured heavily in the Notorious documentary yeah. stuff like that his, his story is intertwined with that initial run he was the guy if there was one guy that everyone was like he should have got his shot in the UFC. It was Chris. Yeah. Joe, outside of the people who went at that time, I think he was the one... The one that... The the most glaring omission. Yeah. Say. Oh, yeah. Without doubt. Um, and uh, Unfortunately, it did become nearly a story of his career, right? Because then every fight... So, we he were was like, so close. Are we going to... Yeah. Are we going to... You know... Um, 
But yeah, it would be wonderful. And I think, you know, we're not really going to have a huge amount of Irish fighters in the card. I think we can we can accept that. We've we've mentioned probably two, three tops maximum, um, including Joseph Duffy. You know, Joe's obviously a no-brainer. I think Joe's going to get on that card mm. regardless. Um, oh, yeah, you'd think so. So him, you know, obviously we were talking about Reese if he makes an impressive statement, and, and, and Chris. And yeah, you know, you can't beat stories like that. And I think, you know, you mentioned it there, the mainstream interest. That says to me that the UFC should really take this seriously and seriously consider doing this. If Chris wins his Cage Warriors return, um, it would be a no-brainer for me. Uh, detraction has been huge uh, amongst Chris and... Uh, you know, we talked about Paul as well. You know, imagine imagine having Paul, Chris, Joe. They're all big names, very popular guys. Yeah, I mean, how important is it for them, for Ian Dean to pull another masterstroke and get a good opponent here for Chris on April 18th? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's vital. I'm sure, I'm sure Chris will want it. You know, Chris is one of these guys, I, I think it's fair to say that he's never really backed down from anyone. He's fought the best of the best in Europe. And, you know, whether it be uh, at 185 or, you know, 205, um He'll go in there and, and give it his all, but like I'm sure Chris is sort of in a weird way going, "Fuck! I hope they give me someone shit so I can make a fucking statement and an impressive statement." That's what but, he was saying. He said to me, he "Goes, I just hope they get me uh, the bouncer from down the road who has a cold." But you know that's not going to happen. I think yeah, Chris is that fella's already booked. Yeah, <laughs> I think Chris and knowing Chris, you know, he's he's going to want a good test, and uh, it, it's really about making a statement. I think for Chris, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, and everyone should check out, I watched it just before I came out today, the uh, timeline Esther and Casey have put together for UFC 248. Um, it's fantastic, just basically uh, lining up the careers of Romero and cool. Stylebender. Yeah, yeah, always a great feature ahead of these big pay-per-views. Um, I'm actually really looking forward to these fights. I'm at a wedding this weekend. Where's the wedding on? At um, Farnham Estate, my good friend Thomas oh, Ryan. Yeah, he is uh, getting married to the lovely Elaine McGuire. Oh um, God, I thought you were going to say your Elaine friend. I was like, oh. No, he he's had on the line longer than I've had on the line. Right, in fairness, fair so we let him away with it. I'm looking forward to it. I love. Stop saying you're looking forward. to I it. can't you're not, wait. You're not really. I I actually can't wait for this. I fucking hate weddings. Do you? I can't oh, wait for this stop one. Stop it! Stop the lights. Got myself a new jacket. Did you? Snazzy. But that's what I mean. They cost you a fortune. Like you're looking at fifteen hundred max nearly for a wedding Look, these man, it's days. Not to me, man. Of course it's not. Fucking wipe me arse with fifteen hundred. Uh, fucking ages. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um. Yeah, also, uh, my friend Adrian Dolan is in this yeah, Hell show Week me, thing. Yeah, show me clips for you on here. Very <laughs> show funny. a few videos of the man in action. Um, off screen, shall we say. But uh, yeah, have a look at him there. It, to, it will have been on, by the time this comes out, I think it airs on Mondays. But uh, go to the RTE player and watch uh, my good friend Ado, a judo black belt, um, have his way with a few people <laughs> in this kind of fight scenario they put him in. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better guy to go in there. My God, what a man. Um, I'm very much looking forward number to Number 11. To He's number 11. Not, not, what's your name, Dolan? No, it's not, it's number 11. I might just call him number 11 from now on. Dude, that's he hilarious. He the shit out of me, though, probably. He's just always been jealous of my curls. It's been but a wild week. It has indeed. Um, I'm tired now. Are you working all weekend? Are you going to have to play yeah, a yeah. mad kind of shimmy the fights in somewhere? I think so. Sunday night, probably, by the by the sounds of it. I'll have to have a, a, a wee, a, I'll try and I'll watch UFC. I'd say probably will. And, uh, um, well, maybe not. Actually, we can start trying to book the show tomorrow again. Yeah, <laughs> it's becoming a yeah. a week long event. This is oh, fucking is like you know, <laughs> fucking Wednesday. You know, it's it started again. We did a little, obviously. We have a little. We have a little trying uh, to get Paul and, trying to think about different things. Yeah, and uh, just yeah, you know, just it's just 
can be awkward sometimes trying to organise interviews, but we got them over the line. So yeah, make it. sure you just keep on asking Darren Till to come on Eurobash in yeah. his comments on that. Yeah. <laughs> be nice, though. Because <laughs> we're going to have to take the hype. When are you... <laughs> When are you when are you getting back to us, Darren? Oh, I'll do an interview with Smaller Mates and fucking six weeks later. Oh, well, sorry, mates. And he's been on. He's meant to be on every 12. episode of Eurobash for Ever. the last thirty. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, no. Looking no. forward to finally making that happen. Yeah, I'll get on to him again. But I'm I, listen. We don't promise anything with Darren anymore. I think we. <laughs> and he certainly doesn't that. promise anything. Yeah. <laughs> he's a gas man. He's funny as fuck. You got it. You got it more to hustle. Yeah. Um, he's a gas dude. Is Darren? But. Um, we better, yeah, Liverpool, we better lost. Liverpool lost. That was great. Sorry, just thinking. Three 0 yeah, was it? Yeah, yeah, but a mad one there. Yeah, imagine if they bottled it. Oh, they couldn't. They possibly. can't. They, just stop holding out on that. Yeah. You need to give up and just. It's going to be a dark day. It's just get over it now. They my just my man United drew with uh, Molly McCann's Everton yesterday. One yeah. one. What did you think of that? Ah, uh, De Gea. What the fuck, man? Do you know what? VAR just fucking ruined football. I can't watch it. It's terrible. It's, it's it's so shit, man. It, it's it's all right in Serie A. They do it differently. I My just, dad has a theory. It's all to do with putting ads on. He's like, soon they're going to go to a VAR break. As soon as they do the symbol, they're going to go up a 30-second break for Gillette or something. Yeah, he, he thinks it's all an American employee. And Jesus, like when you look at American football and you know the ads and NBA and stuff. I, I don't know how our American friends watch TV. It's punishing in the States trying to watch it. It is. This game it? is brought to you by Snickers. Unless I'm on it. It's great stuff. Like there's ads every fucking five minutes. Like it's it's fucking punishing. But have you not noticed here though? On all our shows, the ads are getting longer and longer. There's up to six minutes now. Some ads. If Love Island's on or something like that. Oh, six I don't minutes. watch that bollocks me. I did watch it. I'm an unapologetic Love Island fan. So go for a lot yourself. of people are. Yeah, people. There's loads of people are. Denied. What is the new one on Netflix? Everyone's talking about Love Is Blind. Is that the same idea? Don't know what the fuck that is. I must Unless Silla Black's on it, you can get fucked. There's my watching for the for the night later on after I'm, I'm finished putting this together. It's going to be a sweaty evening for Noel McGrath. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that is disgusting. Right, that lads. Disgusting. Uh, we love his loads. Um, yeah, big I'm thanks gonna, to try, everyone. I'm, I'm going to try and not make it three hangovers in a row uh, because I've been very bad, haven't I? Every, yeah, I had Mondays. a few, fair few yesterday, but I'm actually all right. No, I'm in a heap. I'm yeah. a little bit anxious. That's for reasons that you know about. (laughs) So, um, his Mickey fell off. Yeah, uh, (laughs) but nah, it is. It's tough. The grind is. But listen, we need to fucking blow off steam as well. We can't be fucking locked in front of a computer fucking all year. Do you know or all week? Locked as in drank a bottle of vodka. Well, you're fucking that sacky shit you gave me. I fucking necked the bloody bottle. What's it called? Wushu. Omishu. Look how much you drank. Look how much oh, it's Oh, this is great gear. Elaine, love this rocket stuff, feel. It's absolutely rocket feel. With the ice feel. in, it's beautiful. Whoa. It is, man. But I was pretty pretty drunk now after drinking. We were very proud. When, you saw, when we saw you whipping open that bottle, yeah. we nearly celebrated. We're like, yeah. He's done it. Do it, baby. So, no, it was good stuff. Oh, it's, me t- it's tastier than I thought it would be. Mm, it's um, it's plum, isn't it? I don't know what it is. It's just it's sweet. Up. Yeah, It's a good old whack off. It's nice with the, uh, with the ice in with it. With the ice, man, I'm telling you. It's a good percentage as well. I think it's like 30 odd or something. Not too sure. It's fucking stronger than that, dude. It's fucking rocket fuel. It's like petrol, like. <laughs> well, a, no wonder my fucking up. arse is sore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what that is. <laughs> but um, look, we love his loads. It's a big weekend of fights. Enjoy them. I'm going to be sneaking off from Tomo's wedding. I'm sorry, Tomo, to watch a few fights. I apologize. Thanks to all the lads for stopping by us on the show this week as well. Big thanks to Paul Felder, Joseph Duffy, Jack Cartwright, Chris Fields. Let's get them all on fucking Dublin. Who cares? Yeah. Oh, Let's do it live. Like Definitely. I think that will be great if we could get, uh, get all those guys on. Love you and big kisses. See you next week. Good luck.